Whoa, whoa, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. A couple quick things. First, if you're new to the show, welcome. So stoked to have you here. I'm just sitting down with interesting folks, having conversations, trying to gain some perspective. So I appreciate you joining along for the ride. If you're a repeat listener, you know what's up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Real quick to all of you, if you are getting value out of the show, do me a solid. Just bring us a friend, one friend. Every time you're laughing or you're thinking about something different or, you know, you're just getting some value, go tell somebody. It helps us grow and I can't do it without you. So thank you guys so much for that. Real quick, uh, thank you to our sponsors. Go to Strange Donuts if you're in the St. Louis area. You can't go wrong with Strange Donuts. Hands down, some of the best donuts you'll ever have. They have four locations in the St. Louis area. They're in Creefcore, Maplewood, Kirkwood, and just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. All four locations are fire. Doesn't matter which one you go to. You're going to get a delicious donut. They always have some sort of special creation for the weekend the menu's usually changing every month there's just fun delicious donuts you can't go wrong so go check them out one of the four locations when you do tell them that we sent you you don't get anything for free by doing it but hey it lets them know that you're listening to the show and that we we got you in the store so go check them out strange donuts all right, let's get to our guest. I'm sitting down with the one and only Serge Bunomovic. Bunomovic? I'm sure I messed that up. Sorry, Serge. Um, Serge is from Pavlodor, Kazakhstan, which is relevant, right? Because that's in Central Asia. There's a huge conflict if you haven't been paying attention uh, between Ukraine and Russia. So he's actually able to help shed, shed quite a bit of light on that for me. But we talk a ton about jujitsu. Uh, he's a brown belt in jujitsu. I've been training with Serge now for the past couple years. My boy Stu connected me with some really cool guys, Serge being one of them. We all train in jujitsu. Uh, and uh, this was just a really fun conversation. So without any further rambling from me. Let's gain some perspective with Surge. Now, what were you saying, Serge? Yeah. <laughs> the rules of jujitsu. The rules of jujitsu. Yeah, so, like, I know they think we're doing something special, you know. Yeah. Like, I tell them, like, we're just talking. We're not doing anything special. Just no, follow dude. the rules. Just keep it simple. Elbows in, good posture. Exactly. Like you said, don't put your yeah. hands on the mat. And you don't have to overcomplicate yeah, it, dude. They're like, oh, that was a fancy technique. No, it wasn't. It no. was just, we don't do anything fancy. You you do you do some jumping stuff sometimes, you know, left and right when you pass on guard. But normally, it's like 1% of your game. And yeah. 99% of your game is just fundamentals. That's it. You know, smash, keep them flat, pass the guard, control. Like, we don't do anything fancy. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, it just looks complicated. Mm. It looks well. The thing is, when you do shit simple, when you do simple things really well, they just look really cool. They look awesome. Yeah. So you're like, oh man, that's really yeah. hard to do. It's all relative, right? Yeah. I mean, things just get easier over yeah. time. I tell them, jujitsu is easy if you know it. You just yeah, gotta know <laughs> you just it. gotta like, know the it. The hard part mm. is to know it. How okay. long have you been training? Uh, I started twelve and a half years ago. Okay. When I was 27. And it's a cool story. If you want to hear the story, That's I'll tell you. That's what we're here for, okay. bro. So, 
I was 27, and uh, at that time I had a lot. I was working a lot. I had a part-time business, and I had a part-time job. I was literally 70, 80 hours a week working, 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 not doing anything. And I was getting burned out, like so much work. And then things happened, and I went from working 80 hours a week to not having a job and not having a business, like within a month, what? like one, like nothing. What so it just kind of business. I was working. Uh-huh. I was like a subcontractor for a bigger company that went out of business so mm. i went out of business Damn. and then i had a great part-time job that paid a lot of money it was very flexible hours and i got laid off mm. okay so i was like okay what do i do so i'm like i'm gonna take a couple you know a little time off you know a couple months off and i'm gonna get back into fitness okay so i told myself because i used to train a lot of kickboxing and boxing when i was young like mm-hmm. i used to compete when i was younger and i'm like i'm gonna get back into it right so i started looking around the schools and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get into MMA, you know, just to train MMA. So it was between St. Charles MMA where you train and finish kickboxing. And I went to finish for the first, at first I was like, I'm going to try both schools and see which one I like, mm-hmm. which that's what I think you're supposed to do when you choose a gym. Try, try a all. bunch, try them all. Yeah, see which one I like. So I went to finish and that's like the month where they just opened their brand new location and everything looks so good. So yeah. nice. So nice. Great gym. A lot of people, like literally hundreds of people joined. So classes were large. I'm like, man, and training was great. I liked it there. So I didn't even try St. Charles of May. Although yeah. St. Charles of May was even closer to me. Really? Okay, way easier drive, right? Yeah. Phoenix was 30, 40 minute drive and through traffic. It was they like, it was a, miserable. How long miserable. was your contract they signed you for? Oh, two years. Two that years. was so bad, too. So bad. But, <laughs> but I liked it. So mm-hmm. all that aside, I liked it. So I joined there, mm-hmm. right? Mostly I did a lot of kickboxing, a lot of striking. And I started doing grappling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the instructor was Pat Benson. He was old Vagi guy. I don't know if you ever met him. I don't think I've met he him. was a blue belt on the Vagi from like maybe not the original crew, but like not too long from Vagi opened up. He's a great grappler. Okay. Great wrestler. He's only blue belt in, in Gi at that time. I don't even know what happened to him, but he was a great wrestler. He fought on Strike Force back in the day. Okay. So it's a really good MMA guy. So he was a coach. And we had a lot of fun, but I did not like it, bro. I hated jujitsu. Like, I was so bad at it. And I was so little, too. I was 140 pounds. Like, I'm a little bigger now, and I was weak because yeah. I haven't trained in so long, you know. And I did okay at kickboxing because I had that experience, but I grappled. I had zero experience. I right. would get stumped by everybody constantly. That's the worst feeling. Dude, the worst. And, like, I was, I don't know, back in the day, I had so much ego. So much ego. I was, like, maybe, like, a little man syndrome. I That's know weird. 20-something-year-old 20 dude. 20-something, I know, dude. A lot I, of had, ego? I know. Is it weird? <laughs> <laughs> so I had so much ego, dude. I would get pissed when I guess it's just horrible horrible training plan right so I would really train once a week grapple maybe once in two weeks was not good then Ezra Lennon came on board you know Ezra mm-hmm. right so he became a head instructor he's really good and I still like I was not into jujitsu right and Ezra had good classes you know and one day I was training and Tonya Avenger showed up you know who Tonya Avenger is she used to fight for UFC she was a Invicta champion mm-hmm. And then she fought a few fights for UFC. She fought Cyborg and a couple other girls, right? Really good grappler, right? I think she, sh- it was like she was training for her fight for Titan UFC, uh, FC, like back in the day. We're talking about 12 years ago, right? Yeah. And I've been training maybe six months. So she showed up to train, and Ezra's like, oh, because we're about the same size, you know, 140 pounds. So he paired me up with her, and she fucking, can I say, Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she <laughs> fucking smashed me. Yeah. Like, stomped me. Like, she was a really good grappler. Great wrestler. Great, great jiu-jitsu. Stronger than me. You know, I was weak at the time, right? 
and like uh, she stomped me any way possible submitted me a bunch of times so i remember bro i was driving home that day so fucking pissed off okay and i told myself there's and it's like first time i rode with a girl there was no girls in phoenix at the time mm-hmm. okay i was like you know what i told myself there's no way a woman will beat me in combat sports <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> i was pissed bro pissed at myself so and i told myself i'm gonna get the jujitsu thing down okay and since then i started training hard okay every day and then been trained like literally started training a lot every day twice a day and then tense planet jujitsu opened up right next to my school literally like two miles away from your house okay mm-hmm. so i started going to both like I would train like a tennis ball in the morning, go to fitness in the evening, or vice versa. Like old grappling, I stopped kickboxing, stopped boxing, stopped doing like jujitsu. That's it. Okay, and I still did not enjoy it that much. Okay, but like I told myself, I'm gonna do it because no, like no way a girl can beat me You're in combat obsessed. sports. I was like I'm obsessed. I still did not like it. Okay, but I was getting, I was progressing real well, really good progress. So, end of that Tony Avenger story, right? About two years after that, our first encounter, she shows up at Phoenix again, okay? I don't remember if she was just visiting or whatever. I think she was training in St. Louis at the time in some other gym. Not sure 100%. Either way, she showed up. And I'm like, damn, it's on, okay? I got paired up with her bra. I rolled so hard, okay? It was the hardest I ever rolled in my life. I literally went like I was fighting for Abu Dhabi gold. Okay? <laughs> like for real, that was the finals of Abu Dhabi and I have to get the gold, okay? I stomped her so hard. Like I submitted her like with everything I had. Like I smashed, 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 smashed. And I could see in her eyes, she's like, the fuck is wrong with the guy? Okay, like you <laughs> could see like she's looking at me like totally. I was told they had, totally they had. So after that round, I'm like, I told her the story because she doesn't remember. She didn't remember, you know? And I'm sure you ask her right now, if you meet her, she wouldn't remember. And I told her, hey, you literally is the reason why I'm doing jiu-jitsu, okay? If it wasn't for you and that role two years ago, you know, like, I wouldn't be doing jiu-jitsu. Like, and, you know, we had a great conversation with a train after that few more rounds, nice and relaxed like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But that was literally the hardest I ever rolled, okay? I had so much to prove that I rolled against the girl. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, so, you had to prove to yourself. I did. And, but it's funny because I was actually talking to somebody a couple months ago about this, how two people can meet, completely random people, with different stories in their lives, right? And they can meet for literally five minutes, and for one person, it means nothing. Like, for her, it meant nothing. Just another round on the mats. For me, it changed my life completely. Because I really got jujitsu in my life because of that. Because of that five minutes of, you know, when she beat me up, I'm like, I'm putting jujitsu in my life for good. And, I mean, it changed my life completely. You 12 know, years 12 later. years later, exactly. But that's like... <laughs> This is my story of jiu-jitsu, okay? You got beat so up by a girl. I got beat up by a girl, and then I had to prove that, like, I'm better than her. That's it. Like, yeah. my, my ego was, I had such a horrible ego. Like, of course. You know, it's just so bad. So I kept training after that, and then uh, I left Phoenix after that because it was just, a, the drive was bad. It was like, I couldn't take it. I hate driving, period. And then just, you know, you're stuck in traffic for 40 minutes. You, like, you drive you know, 10 seconds, you stop. Drive 10 seconds, you stop. I couldn't take it. So I kept training at Tennis Plan St. Louis. By the way, the coach was Eric Schattenberg from St. Charles. I, mean, mm-hmm. I know you know him. Yep. Great guy. Great grappler. Yeah, nice very, guy. yeah, nice guy. Very great, like, fundamental, solid game, you know. He never did anything fancy, any fancy guards, but, like, everything was solid, you know. And he closed the gym. 
okay i think he's had some personal issues i'm not sure not my business either way so he closed the gym and there was about 20 guys left that wanted to train and i'm like what are we doing and we're like well i have a basement i have mats you know i'll get mats i didn't have mats at the time I'm like you guys want to train you know we're all white belts and maybe a couple of blue belts i was a white belt at the time so everyone's like, hell yeah let's train so I called Eric up, he's like, hey, can I buy some new mats? He's like, yeah. So he gave me a really, really good price on brand new mats, not his old ones. He had like a, like a bunch of new mats, like extra mats, you know, stashed in his garage. So he gave me a super nice price. So I bought a bunch of mats for him, put mats in the basement, start training. Mm. And it was like, okay, who's going to teach? Like, okay, what's your house? You got to teach. I'm like, I'm a white belt. He's right. like, everybody's a white belt. Because Ten Span St. Louis, I think it was around for two two years maybe. So there was nobody really, really good there. It was, or, brand, yeah. it was like brand new. Like we had a couple blue belts, but they just got their blue belt. Yeah, you what know? was Eric? Was Eric a purple belt? Eric was a purple belt. Now he's a brown belt now at Gracie Baja. I okay. think he trains. Yeah, I, don't, I lost track. Yeah. Like I see him on Facebook. I haven't talked to him in a while. No, he had a lot of injuries, so he was like out He's always for a super of nice. Yeah, super nice guy. Super nice guy. So we start training. We're like, okay, you got to teach. I'm like, I don't know shit about teaching jujitsu. You know, you like, too, baby. Like I know. I'm like, I'm a white belt, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I signed up literally for Marcela Garcia online, uh, for you know, because it was the tenth plan. I had Eddie Bravo subscription online. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna see what the best guys in the world do and i'm gonna try to copy and teach so we started training and we did that for you know for a long time i mean i still do it in my house and then i think a year later eight years ago uh one of my old training partners my good friend tony he started training with jw right gracie humida he's like bro you gotta come to the gym great gym brain starter great guys and they do gi mostly, but you know I've never yeah. done gi before. Ever. So even, even at Finney's, it was even at Finney's, yeah, I did couple. Uh, no, Finney's was half and half. Okay, Ezra was really good both. So Ezra taught both. Now when Pat Benson was teaching, it was only no gi. When Ezra came on board, he started teaching both. So okay. it was one day was gi, another day was no gi. You okay. skip gi. Yeah. So, but like I skipped gi. Like I <laughs> took couple classes. Like it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try. So I went with Tony. We went uh, went together with him to JW. And I'm like, man, the place is awesome. You know, JW was a great guy, great instructor, you know. So I started training there, and I kept teaching in my house. And we just kept training, 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 training. But now, yeah. that's how this how it started. My it's all started with Tony Avenger. You know, I'll be always, like, always grateful to her. I will never forget her. I'm telling you, if you ask her about me or not, she'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Never heard of the guy, okay? But for me, like, literally two people can meet and for one person then that meeting in five minutes of interaction is nothing like zero means nothing and for the other person changes his whole life his whole life that's true that's the thing about perspective right yeah it is it is definitely the thing about it yeah two people can experience like a moment or situation and it'd be completely different yeah that's wild that's really wild that's crazy dude you got beat up by a girl and then you start doing jujitsu but dude you know, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody that you rolled with and they're like, yeah, dude, you completely demolished me that one day. And you're like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. I've had that conversation oh, 100%. with people. I'm like, really? I'm really? Like, I don't I- think so. But thing is, that's another funny thing is they think we demolished them. But for us, it could be a hard fight. You know? Yeah. Like, like I roll with somebody and they're like, bro, you dominated me. I'm like, I don't think I did. I was really working hard for every position, you yeah. know? But in their eyes, they're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. You right, because like, they're also so, working hard. Exactly. Or I've also experienced where I'm not really going crazy hard on yeah. people, 
where I where I'm attacking, 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 but I just controlled them. You know, you know, we just talk, yeah. I just maintain yeah. the positions, I control yeah. the positions, and in their mind, they'll yeah. say, you know, dude, you beat my ass that mm. day. And it's like, did I? I don't think I did. I just, yeah. I mean, sure, I controlled some things, but in their mind, being controlled is enough. It's not about just getting submitted, submitted yeah. or it's just, I had no idea that somebody could just control me that way and I feel so helpless. That's Sometimes a shitty feeling. when you're on the bottom, I would rather get submitted <laughs> than get stuck on the bottom for five minutes after under somebody who knows how what he's doing. Yeah. Who knows how to put the pressure down. You're like, oh, it's going to be a long five minutes right now. Yeah, yeah. that's a shitty so, feeling, yeah. dude, just to eat that yeah. weight. That was one of the biggest lessons that really stuck out for me. I um, I took a seminar by uh, Henry Akins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, great guy. And great, he just great. his whole jujitsu is just very simple. It's very old school, mm-hmm. kind of Valley Tudo based. And one of the things he kept harping on was um, we were working a lot of side control. He was saying, like, why are you not going to make them carry your weight? You know what I mean? Like, he was just, again, just emphasizing, take your knees off the mat, stay chest to chest, make them carry your weight. Because especially in side control, it's really easy to just let your knees rest there. And I do that now because I'll put my knees on the mat and then, Mm -hmm, you know, I'll put them on your hip and Mm -hmm. in the armpit. And I stay chest to chest. It's not really a big deal Mm -hmm. for me. I feel like I can still put... Mm -hmm. A good pressure there but just just the concept of all right well sure i can still put good pressure there but if i just make them carry my weight it's it's that much more uncomfortable and if i'm just patient and just make them carry the weight then carrying that weight will work over time and it just it just sucks it life sucks. out of people dude it's just that simple little concept of just being conscious of just get my get my knees off the mat, whatever, make them carry my weight. And it can be a very miserable time on bottom. I think it's the hardest part of jiu-jitsu is learning how to put your weight down. Mm-hmm. Learn how to be heavy, okay? I this, I think I've been trained with JW seven or eight years, seven and a half years or maybe eight years. I think that's the best thing I learned from him. Because before that, I didn't think a small person could put weight down, mm-hmm. right? And he's 160 pounds. When he's on top, you think it's like, it's a 500 pound dude on top. Yes. It's so bad. And I'm like, and after training with him for the first couple of months, I need to learn this. This is ridiculous, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I actually realized that a small person can be heavy as long as you're in the right position. So you just got to be in the right place, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the best thing I learned from him as far as He shifted goes. that paradigm for you. Yeah, oh, 100%. He's like, he, I mean, he, he taught me a lot of things, a lot of concepts, right? Not just techniques, like, just not just about a specific pass, like, it's the idea. This is what you're supposed to do in this position, okay? Not a specific pass. But this is the idea of pressure. This is the best thing I learned from him. It's, it helped my game so much. Yeah. So much. You're um, training there only no gi. Uh, no, I train gi. You do? So, no gi. so when you oh, started yeah. training there, you started putting started on gi. Getting, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's the gi is a lot harder for me. I cannot grip very well, mm-hmm. okay? I can grip a thick collar. You know, because there's a lot of material, but like, yeah, yeah, lapel, yeah. yeah. But like a sleeve grips or like pant grip on the yeah. bottom of the pant, I can't. Like it hurts my fingers. Call me a pussy. Maybe <laughs> I'm a pussy. Like, it fucking fuck. hurts my fingers. I can't hold. Bro. It does. You have like I have all these calluses on my knuckles yeah. here. I don't know why. My mom maybe it's genetic for me. My mom had a uh, 
finger disease basically mm-hmm. it's called Reynolds okay so maybe I have the same I don't think I do but maybe there's a little bit something Could be. there because I see white belts and they have literally stronger grips than me and I'm mm-hmm. like wow I've been developing I've been gripping for years mm-hmm. okay and they literally can hold on and nothing hurts them yeah you know to that like little like, sleeve grip yeah. I can't sleeve grip for three seconds I'm like I can't it just hurts my fingers so. it's, it's the actual fingers it's, that hurt yeah. is it like in the bones of your fingers or is it kind of like the tips here I think it's like whole finger oh, it just, just hurts yeah, all through it like huh? it's Radiates. so weird I don't know Yeah. like maybe I'm just a pussy maybe it's supposed to hurt <laughs> that's for sure you it. develop yeah <laughs> maybe you develop I don't know strength to it and uh, you just you know tolerance to it I don't know Yeah. so I do my gi same thing I do no gi mm-hmm. I do grip the lapel the collar and like a pen grip on your knee I can actually get a lot thick material there yeah like when i pass on half guard for example i'll push the knee down yeah and like when i'm controlling like i'll make grab a belt or something yeah collar you know yeah yeah. like you know but you're not playing a lot of sleeve gripping Mm -hmm. yeah i'll get a good grip right here behind the armpit Mm -hmm. that's usually a pretty good sometimes i can do that good grip to lock down like collar grips i use a lot especially when i try to flatten somebody out like yeah it takes a lot of your game because you know, gi jiu-jitsu is a gi jiu-jitsu. You got to use it. You right. Know, use everything you got. Like, some people's like, oh, you're doing it the right way. You're not using the gi because, you, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing it the right way. The like, right way. Like, I know. Like, exactly. Like, first of all, what's the right way? What the fuck does that Like, mean? exactly. Some people believe that you have to play your gi same play you play in gi. I don't believe in that. I'm like, why? They're different. The gi is for, you have a gi on for a reason. Like, I wish I could use it all. I would. Like, I have, I'm very flexible, right? I would totally be good at, like, spider guard. Or like lasso guard, you know, where you're playing a lot of open stuff and line inversions, but I just can't, you know, yeah. unfortunately. So Baron Bolos. Yeah, Baron like Bolos, that. exactly. Like, I invert very well, real well, from a lot of different positions, but Baron Bolos, I can't. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just it. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, mm-hmm. When I look at Gi, what I like about it is, especially for at least when if I'm transitioning from Gi to no Gi, I like where Gi, it helps me understand leverage points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost like a cheat, you know. If I have, for example, like we were rolling earlier, mm-hmm. and I had an overhook on you, I was mm-hmm. in guard, and I had an yeah. overhook, and I came, and I actually, I was overhook, and then I, I latched onto like your trap mm-hmm. and like your neck right there. Where, and yeah. the only reason yeah. I did that is because I have, I have an understanding from the gi where if I, I normally I mm-hmm. grab your exactly right there, idea. and I understand what that control feels like. So the gi is almost like a. It's like a crutch, you know what I mean? It's an extra handle yeah. to help me understand. It's underst- a great tool. Yeah, it's and it helps me tool. understand this leverage mm-hmm. point with this extra oomph. So now if I have that understanding, how can I take I, – I don't have the lever anymore. I lost that lever, but I understand what it feels like. And so in my mind, it helps me understand the leverage point, and now I just have to adjust my grip to get that same leverage point. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how it, it applies in, in my mind, but – we all approach we all approach this thing differently. Mm. So to say, there's just a right way. Yeah. That's so there's short-sighted. No right just, there is no right way. We're yeah. just doing I this know. thing. Just, no, I think everything is the right way in jujitsu. Just what's what, the right for you? Thank you. What's the right for you? I don't like. Some people say, "Oh, there are bad techniques. There are good techniques." I don't believe in that. I think every technique is good. Just what works for you. Now, I believe some techniques are easier to perfect than others. Mm-hmm. They'll have less steps to it. Okay? Right. But I think you can take the most complicated technique and spend enough time on it, and you'll do it so easily. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding. It's my opinion. Now, well, that's where concepts come yeah, in, right? Yeah. You, are, you, whatever the technique is, maybe you're able to do it or I'm not able to yeah. do it as well. If we understand yeah. conceptually, then you can start applying it to different areas and figure out what yeah. techniques work for you. Yeah. Now, back to the gi. It's such a strong weapon, and I have 
all kinds of respect for it because sometimes I roll with the same guy and we're all no gi. I have no issues, right? Mm. And then we're all gi and I'm like, he has no issues with me. <laughs> it's like, this is so frustrating you know, at some point. But I'm like, I have all kinds of respect for gi. And like some people say, oh, you don't like the gi. You, don't, you only train no gi mostly. I'm like, I love the gi. It's just hard for me to do it. You yeah. know, like I see the benefits of it because I see people using it on me and they're kicking my ass. Yeah. You know, people that maybe not supposed to kick my ass. Okay? And yeah. they do it because they know how to manipulate my colors or, you know, my whatever, my grip they know how to grip right i don't know how to break grips you know and just it's a strong weapon that's a is that the argument to do it more yes <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> you're already really good at nogi bro i know i just enjoy nogi so much that's more. right tweets their own do oh, whatever yeah, you really enjoy exactly. i just love doing jujitsu yeah. right we always, too, yeah. we always talk about yeah. the community right it's always yeah. the best part oh 100 yeah. community community is the number one thing why people do jujitsu Okay, they're like, oh, I do it for self-defense. Ah, eh, not really. Okay, if you're not using strikes in your jujitsu, you're not doing it for self-defense. Like, you half-ass in your self-defense training, okay? Like, jujitsu is just a part of self-defense. There are the martial arts that are involved in real self-defense, mm -hmm. right? Or some people, I do it for fitness. Really? You dumbass. Why would you do that for fitness? <laughs> there are way easier things to get in shape okay why would you sacrifice your body <laughs> okay you're literally getting destroyed like your body getting hurt every day for fitness no you're not doing it for fitness okay you do it because you love do you love people literally that's what we do we love the community okay yeah no we like fucking people up too right we like chocolate people feels good to do feels hard things exactly yeah but number one thing is people like people you surround like people you surround yourself with it's you go on the mat, everybody is cool. Yeah. There is no not cool people in jujitsu. Like, even there are, they don't stick around for a long time. Okay? Right. They get kind of, you know, get smashed. The ego is too too big, like mine was back in the day, you know, and they kind of disappear. You know, everybody is cool, and they're cool in every gym. Now they're just your gym. Okay, people think, oh, only people in my gym are cool. No. There, jujitsu people are cool everywhere. Yeah, like you and I have visited dozens of gyms, right? You ever seen another cool person or dickhead? No, everybody's super nice. Everybody will talk to you. Everybody will roll with you. You know, and just yeah, yeah. All, some of the details of different gyms are different, but ultimately, all gyms are the yeah. same, or at least I'm all sure. the groups of people are the same. I used to think that back in high school, whenever we would go to different high mm -hmm. schools and, and wrestle in particular. I would think, you know, or really any sport, you think your team is like, all right, it's our team versus their team. It's us versus them. But then, you know, especially at wrestling tournaments, you hear these other teams, and they're just doing stupid shit just like you and your friends are. They're making goofy jokes just like you and your friends are. They're doing all the same things that you and your friends are. They just happen to live in a different place or go to a different school, and they're on a different team. But ultimately, people are still just people and we all like this thing sure. called wrestling or now jujitsu and who cares whatever little whatever the name is of your gym we're all doing the same thing and we're all pretty for the pretty same similar. reason yeah for the same reason too we're doing the same thing for the same reason for the love of jujitsu yeah it. that's why i'm so surprised there's so little cross training in st louis i don't so get little. it dude man i'm gonna tell you one story i got a lot of jujitsu stories <laughs> So I used to go to California before pandemic every year in a train with various tennis planet gyms. I would mm -hmm. go to the headquarters with Eddie Bravo in Oceanside with Gio Martinez and some other ones, right? So, but four years ago, me and a buddy of mine, Kurt, 
we were we went to California. First gym we visited, Costa Mesa, Tense Planet Costa Mesa. Okay. Right? Every Sunday they do an open mat for anybody free. Anybody can join. No gi, right? So they set an alarm clock for twenty five five minute rounds with thirty seconds in between. So every Sunday they start, and they literally two three hundred people walk through the gym when we were there. I rolled. Remember, right now twelve rounds. I rolled in a row with 12 different people from 12 different gyms that's okay. awesome and then none of them was from 10th planet gym they were from different ev- like and i was like this is the coolest thing ever there was yes. literally literally two or three hundred people roll through the place in two and a half hours that we were there because yeah. we would roll talk roll talk you know and friends of mine came from las vegas to train with us you know and like so we were just there for a while and i'm like man so some people would come in roll five rounds you know leave new people would come in roll a couple rounds leave you know i'm like this is the coolest thing ever and everybody's super friendly there's literally people from dozens of gyms coming to that one gym not affiliated with that gym and just having fun and training yeah and think about california every gym got hundreds of people they don't need to cross train yeah it's not like we here like our gyms 100 people 200 people there every gym is huge mm-hmm. like literally they got so many people there yeah. they don't need to cross train and they still do yeah because like, it's fun exactly it's fun thank you sometimes here you go to class like you go in the morning class the same 20 guys every class right why wouldn't you want to expand your horizon and mm-hmm. train with other people especially back to the topic of community Jiu-Jitsu community is not just the 50 people at your gym that you train, okay? It's 5 million others that train same way for the same reason you. Why don't you want to meet them? They're as cool as those 50 at your gym, yeah. okay? Like JW, my instructor, got two rules on cross-training, okay? Rule number one is if you train with me, you can cross-train anywhere you want, but if you compete, you represent my school which is a very solid rule. It's very legit, right? Mm-hmm. I understand that. It's fair. Rule number two, you learn something cool, you teach it to everybody in the gym, okay? Yeah. So two rules. Come teach. Come teach. Like, you know, you learn some cool moves. In there. I remember when when I was training with Gio a couple, few years back, and I came back, he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, Jay's like, what are you guys working on? And Gio was teaching K-Guard, and K-Guard was just getting popular. And I was like, well, he was teaching this fucking thing that I have no idea how to do, but I'm going to show it to you. You know, he calls it the K-Guard. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started, you know, like, talked about it, and I you know, showed him a couple moves that I learned from Gio. I'm like, well, it's kind of, you know, complicated, but it's cool looking, you know. So he's got two rules. He said, yeah. train anywhere you want. Just represent me in competition. And if you learn something interesting, show it to me. Show it to right. everybody else, you know. You got to share and like man, you like you visit so many different schools. So do I. Like everybody's super cool. Everybody. Like you ever been? You ever visit anybody like a school in Europe, uh, out of a country? No, never. Man, everybody is so cool. People in Europe, they literally like if you go visit them, they're so excited to have an American over really? the train. Like like I was, we were in Ireland right before pandemic, and I visited a couple of schools there. Man, everybody was like, oh my god, an American guy train like i was a purple by the time okay you know? and i went to a couple of schools that they were newer schools you know so yeah was like maybe a couple of blue belts instructor was a brown belt but okay. like everybody else was like a lower level yeah they were so excited that somebody from so far away is visiting them yeah like, it's exciting exactly like and they were like we were passing through it was a small town it's called carlo like a small town in ireland and i was like i'm gonna train the gym you know 
and they would be like, oh my God, there was a small gym, and like, I'd be like, oh my God, we, we got a visitor from the United States. Like, they were so excited. Everybody's super friendly with great roles. And they're like, man, next time you're in town, in the country, you're staying with me. Don't even get a hotel. You know, I'm like, man, this is How the awesome jiu jitsu community, like that. Yeah. Everywhere is like that, man. Yeah. Is, man, I love it. Love it. Why yeah. not visit? Why not? You know, exactly. you know, gyms can be different. I visited a gym in. Uh, in Chicago, mm-hmm. and everybody was super friendly, super nice. They were a little bit more traditional, you know, mm-hmm. so you will come across some differences, mm-hmm. but the, the thing that's the same is everybody's still really nice. 100%. You know what I mean? Some of the rules are a little yeah. bit different. That's one of the things. Now, I don't drive so much with some of the strict traditions. You know, the, I always thought it was really weird where... I got a story about that, too, but keep going. <laughs> you're not allowed to, yeah. to ask upper belts to roll, or yeah. the the weirdest one is you got to turn your, your back... You, know, you got to face the wall to tie your belt. It's not I, even weird, bro. I'm going to tell you something. Tell me. Yeah. What is it? So I trained... I'm not going to name the names. You had to... If you want to go take a piss, you have to ask your instructor to leave. And I was like, you serious? I'm 30... Plus, I'm 40 now. I was like 30-something back then when it was like happened. You want a grown man to ask permission to go take a piss? Are you serious? Bro, this is America, okay? Yeah. I'm like, this is a free country. If I need to go take a piss, I'm going to take a piss. I understand rules like that for kids, okay? It teaches them discipline and respect, but not a 35-year-old man, no. like with a family and, you know, yeah. like, come on, like, this yeah. is a little too much. Yeah, you can use your your own discretion to go to the bathroom thank you exactly (laughs) now every gym will have rules your gym has rules my gym has rules like for us for example jw we have rules uh, we can only wear white gear blue gear okay it's not jw's rule it's coily grace's rule that's an old school school yeah now some people be like well this is stupid i can i should be able to wear any gear i want but to me it's a small rule it's not a big deal i don't really care right now if jw said well you can only wear this gear of this company, you have to buy it from me. I'd be like, hell no, I this know is who bullshit. You're talking about. I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just bringing an example for real. But like, Jay, but Dabble would never do that. No, not a person. Bullshit. I always, okay. I always think of Gracie Baja as a uh, sister. Is that what they do? That like, well, I don't you, know. you always have to you at least me, with. Yeah. I'm not trying to yeah. talk shit on okay. Gracie Baja, yeah. but at least I know at their schools, yeah. like you have to. They don't even. You pretty much have to have a Gracie Baja gi. Mm. Like I don't. Oh. You know what I mean? How like some gyms gotcha. you can buy a gi, and if it's not patched up, it's not uh, like the biggest deal. They usually yeah. want you to get a patch yeah. on there. But yeah. I know like usually Gracie Baja yeah. is like no no no. no. Yeah. Like we have a site. We have a Gracie Baja site, and this is where you get your gi from, yeah. and it's all Gracie Baja. Oh no no hell no! Like like for us, we we do have patches. You know Gracie mm-hmm. Baja, right. which is fine. We I mean we're a team. We're presenting mm-hmm. a team, but. Gi can be two colors, but you can buy any gi you want. That's the same as St. Yeah. Charles. Good. It's, it's, how it's, it's that old school. Good. It's yeah. it's wider bluegies. Yeah. If if you're a black belt, then you can wear a different color gi, uh, like a black gi. Okay. Yeah, because oh, okay. I guess the idea is once you're a black belt, you've, you've earned the right okay. to wear like a black gi right. if that's what you want right. to do. Gotcha. But yeah. it's probably different yeah. than you might. I think they're yeah, just, I don't, they're just yeah, strict it's white blue and blue. And, white. Yeah. and it's not even your I don't even know if he cares now about that. But it's Hoyler Gracie rule, which is fine, right? You know, which isn't all Humida under Gracie or under Hoyler, uh, right? That's that's his whole yes, his, his whole organization. The, the deep, yeah. Yep. There are two of them. So like every school will have rules. Yeah. But like small rule like How that. How small is that? Yeah, that it's not a big deal. No. Like you know, uh, and if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Exactly. Pretty much. This is a business. Yeah. Like, like at the end, the gym is someone's business instructor's business or owners it's his business he can impose whatever rules he wants mm-hmm. okay you don't like it there are other gyms go train there yeah but i was in chicago speaking of chicago i was a train at the gym 
and you know you guys bow to the mat when you come on the mat. I don't. So we do, right? <laughs> it's now it's not enforced, but we just do it, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a old school tradition, right? It's very traditional. Yeah. yeah so I went, I visited a gym in Chicago. You know, it was no gi class, and I kind of bowed, you know. And the instructor goes, "The fuck you doing, bro?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just. I even. I, yeah. I don't even know that bow. I just kind of think that I just do, right? habitual. Like, habit. I used exactly. to do that. Yeah, it's a habit. He's like, "I don't think I did anything. What's up?" He's like, "Why are you bowing?" I'm like, "I don't know. Just to, you know, showing respect, whatever." He's like, "We don't do this shit here." He's like, "Okay." I'm like, cool. "He's like, don't you dare call me professor or master or anything like that." He's like, "My name is Josh." I'm like, "All right, bro. I'm cool." You know, he was cool. He's like, "We don't do none of that bullshit here." He's like, "We just train." He's at the other end. Yeah, he's like a dad. He's like, "None of that. You know, roll. You know, we don't roll like that." We just here to train. He was like, "All right, I'm not gonna call you master." <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning on calling you master, but I'm like, he's like, "Call me by my name." I'm like, "All right, bro." Yeah, you know, no, cool, chill out. I'm good. <laughs> you know? That's the differences, yeah, man. Exactly. What do you think about, uh, you know, some gyms? I'm I'm thinking specifically the Chicago gym mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. the owner is, or at least at the time he was, I'm sure he still is. Mm-hmm. He was the head ref for IBJJF, oh. so a lot of his approach was what's legal for IBJJF. Meaning, if you're not a certain belt, you shouldn't be doing certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas some schools, everything's open. Just train it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Ah, uh, so I'm gonna tell you how our school does it. When we train gi, it's IBJJF rules. When we train no, no train no gi, anything goes, anything, whatever, heel hooks, ripping, blah blah blah. But in the gi, JW, like if you blue belt, don't go for knee bars, mm-hmm. okay? So, ah, uh, I kind of have, I agree and don't agree. Like to me, if you competitor and train for competition, train to follow the rules of that competition. But if you're somebody like me who does it for fun, who cares, right? So. That's how I think about it. Okay, I think in no gi anything should go. Okay, in the gi, obviously there shouldn't be any heel hooks because the material is hard to slip out. You can actually hurt somebody, right? Like if you try to heel hook somebody in the gi, in my opinion, you can hurt somebody because there, you know, there's you can't friction. slip out. There's no friction, exactly. So, but other than that, like the whole ripping rule is kind of weird to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I've been ripping for 13 years in no gi, nobody got hurt. I don't know what's the problem, but yeah. it's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah. So, but. I think if you compare their train within the rule set of that competition you're doing, okay? Yeah. But if you just, somebody who's having fun, you probably should be able to do anything, right? You're not really, right? Right. This is how I think about it. But like our school, in the gi, we follow the IBJF rules. In no gi, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you got to be it. safe, right? Oh, 100%. You know I mean? Well, that's the priority. Yeah. Safety of your partner and yourself is priority. I tell people every time I teach and I see some people around, I'm like, hey, your partner for this five minutes is more important to you than your wife, than your husband, than your kids, than your mother, than anybody. Okay, this is the most important person yeah. in your life for this five minutes. His safety is your number one concern, okay? You cannot, how can you hurt somebody? Like, intentionally especially training what the fuck mm-hmm. you know and i've heard like i've heard a couple people right by accident mm-hmm. you know i'm sure you have too yeah you know it just happens shit happens it's a tough sport it's a combat sport you know shit happens but do not do it intentionally right you know? accidents happen for accidents sure. happen like man i was a couple of years ago three years ago i was on with the guy jeremy nicest guy and I was passing guard and i literally slipped like a mat was wet i slipped and i fell on top of him like sideways, and he was turning into me, and I fell, I cracked his collarbone. Yeah, he was out for six weeks. I was like, oh my God. But it was like, I wasn't even going fast. 
Like literally, I was kind of like I was passing, standing. I just kind of slipped and I couldn't catch myself. And bam, I smashed him. Yeah. Crack his collarbone. These it's, things happen. These happen, man. Like yeah, you feel yeah. bad, but like as long as. You What's your intention, right? Yeah. You didn't have a bad one. Exa- oh, no. Yeah. It's a tough Not sport. Not anymore. It's when I rolled with Tony Avenger the second time, I had bad intentions. I hurt that girl. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted yeah. To yeah. I think once you get to a place where you can kind of be calm yeah. and you're not trying to win, it's a lot safer yeah. to train all those different 100%. things and just just really you can you can safely go after things because you're not trying i feel i think people get hurt whenever they're they're trying to force things that they don't mm-hmm. have they don't have like yeah. complete control or yeah, complete yeah. understanding and they just try to force it it's like once you can get past yeah. that little mental mm-hmm. over like little hurdle then you're usually pretty good to train 100%. things yeah man what's your i uh what your what your opinion on the train gi no gi and like same question that you asked me what kind of rules do you follow the IBJF rules? Does anything go? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, that- I tend to kind of do it all for me. I always I always try to assess where's the person at, again, mentally. Where What are they trying to do? If I feel that they're too much of a spaz, then maybe certain things they shouldn't do. Because mm-hmm. even, even the things that they can do can be dangerous if you're, if you're a spaz who's trying to win. For example, a I mean, you can go for an armbar and and really fuck someone's mm-hmm. you know their their arm up because say they're trying to escape, but you're a strong person and maybe they got their elbow kind of just enough midline like across your midline like of of your hips so that way you're not really putting a ton of pressure on there. But you're a strong person, but you you hip in anyway. Mm-hmm. Say you've lost it, but yeah. you're so dead set on trying to get this. Exactly. Maybe you get that submission. But at what cost? Maybe you probably hurt that person, or it's really probably just a pain. It's not really like a clean submission. You're just you know putting yeah. a lot of pain. So that person, maybe it's not a good idea yeah. for that person to train everything until they can calm yeah. the fuck down. Hundred percent. But you know, hundred percent. Just really case by case yeah. basis. I'm definitely uh, in, in favor though of doing pretty much everything. Yeah. I had somebody um, send me a video, and they're asking, "Hey, can can you teach us?" Uh, uh, what was it? Wrist locks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me this yeah. right now? <laughs> there's a million other things. Sure, wrist locks work. Yeah. There's a million other things in jujitsu that we could probably do. We should be doing yeah. before doing wrist locks. 100%. 100%. Like, <laughs> don't even worry about those. Yeah. If you can get somebody in a triangle or a kimura, maybe then you can wrist lock them. <laughs> but I don't care about your yeah. wrist locks right now. Let's like, let's do all this other jujitsu. Leg locks. Like you know, there's a mixed opinions on leg locks should people train them right away should yeah. they wait like i think like i've been training leg locks from the very beginning yeah once i actually started doing jujitsu seriously i figure out like hey i'm small i'm real i was really small back then. yeah like for me it's either take his back and choke him or leg lock him because both of those situations there is no pressure on he's not on top of me okay he's not putting his weight down like when you good leg entanglement he cannot really stomp you right mm-hmm. and you're attacking his weak joints you know weak, weak ligaments so i've been doing leg locks from the very beginning yeah very safely never hurt anybody yeah. training you know i've been heel hooking people for you know 12 years so yeah like to me you c- i think they should be able to people should be able to learn from the very beginning. Like yeah. in our school, anything goes. You can be white belt and no gi and heel hook people. Just obviously be yeah. careful. Don't yeah, yeah. try to crank on it. You know, don't go crazy on it. But, yeah. You know, this, I think you yeah. should train leg locks early yeah. for sure. For sure. Part th- of jujitsu. 100%. Yeah. It completely opened my eyes. I went against 
it was Will Tackett. Uh, oh, uh, yes, probably four or five years mm-hmm. ago now. I wish the match it wasn't Texas, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 at the yeah, on invitation, yeah, dude. Yeah. And it just oh, but just yeah. watching that whole invitational, yeah. I realized how important oh, yeah. just the leg game is. It completely opened my eyes. And then I started really working the game, and I actually feel pretty good about it now. But yeah, I think that's something that you shouldn't limit yourself mm-hmm. to. You should definitely expose yourself. Uh, again, I don't know if maybe I think you should train heel hooks. Man, it's like how do you emphasize somebody? Don't worry about the finish. Control this position. It's like can you, I th- especially. So I don't have any issues with anybody working knee bars or straight ankles mm. from the get go. Like you yeah. should definitely be working 100%. those. But then I wonder again. The twisting. Locks, the twisting. Yeah. The twisting yeah. is what is what I worry about with certain. And then I just think about certain people. Mostly just white belts. I don't even roll with certain white yeah. belts because I don't want to get hurt. Same here, dude. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, man, do I want to put that weapon in their hands? I know. Yeah. There was a time to where I would have been like, yep, everybody do it. Who cares? You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. But then I'm just like, man, do I want to arm that person in practice who might hurt somebody because I understand who they are? I don't know. Maybe now I just think more as a coach. Yeah. Like every I teach heel hooks, but I emphasize safety. Yeah. Every time I teach, he'll be like, hey, 100%. this is what can happen. Yeah. It can happen real fast. Yeah. Okay. So be careful, be careful, be yeah. careful. You know, safety of your partner is your number one concern always. You know? Right. So, but like you see, for us as coaches, we should teach everything. We should teach everything. It's up to them to pick what they want to do, okay? Like I think this is our job. Our job is to expose students to every scenario in jiu-jitsu, to every guard, to every move, you know, and it's up to them to pick what they like, what works for them. Yeah. So, um, this is how I look at it. You said that in your class the other day. You said yeah. that. I was like, I'm just showing you jiu-jitsu. It's up to you what the, what you pick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just show some options yeah. and you got to add it to your is. game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think about like we were, what we were doing, we were doing passing from half guard from the, you know, mm-hmm. butterfly hook, right? There are literally a dozen passes from there, you know? I can show you all dozen or maybe I don't even know all of them, but I show you every pass from that position. I know. Now, which one is best? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe scientifically one best sounds one pass is better than the other like if you break it break down the science of that pass maybe this one is better than that one but maybe not i don't know yeah maybe that one works for you and that one doesn't work for me so i'm gonna show you all of them you pick which one you like yeah you try all of them but pick whatever works for you i don't know what's gonna work for you like i don't like just there's no one right answer exactly yeah Dang. do you so. ever still do you ever still do striking did you completely leave that behind i've been forever been forever you know what I, i've been actually lately been thinking about getting back into it just let's work the bag a little bit yeah you know? it's like, fun yeah oh yeah I, I used to love doing it kickboxing was my thing you know, i love kickboxing just hitting pads sparring you know working the back it's been forever it's all jiu-jitsu now yeah <laughs> you did that as a kid uh the kid i know i did as an adult too did an adult too. How I did, did finish. Uh, I took boxing lessons privately for a couple of years. Uh, every week I would box. You yeah. Know, and been a while. I did it for a long time. I did karate for a long time. And our karate wasn't like what you think of the mm-hmm. stupid things you do. We actually did a lot of combo, like full combo, f- 
full contact kickboxing basically that's what it was it was like a blend between karate mm-hmm. and kickboxing you know we did a lot of sparring yeah like we did the real striking you know not the karate stuff but you do the katas and all yeah. this stuff you know so oh, yeah. dang so, so you've just been fighting your whole life i've never i've Ooh. never been fighting i've been training training to <laughs> i don't want to fight nobody <laughs> last thing i want to do is get in a fight with anybody okay <laughs> yeah come that's yeah. that's a person who who no, understands no, no. fighting says that i'm so scared to get in a real fight you have no idea like yeah, you know, oh, I don't like, like fighting either. Yeah. Thing I'm is, not confrontational. The, like we train, you know, train, train, but you never know how you're gonna react in the real fight. Like you've been, like I've fought in a ring cup a few times. Like you've been like in the big fights in Bellator, so it's a little easier for you. But I don't know, maybe I'll freeze. Somebody attacks me on the street, maybe like I will just start crying. I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully all my training will kick in and the body will just do all the work for me. Mm-hmm. Even for my body. The idea is to train your body so it just fights on its own, right? So right. your mind, even if your mind freezes, right? And it's like doesn't know what's happening. The body just reacts on its own because you've done so many repetitions of this and so many things, you know, of that. So hopefully, but I don't want to fight nobody, bro. <laughs> That's the hope, right? I don't want to fight anybody. Yeah, I don't yeah. enjoy fighting. Yeah, no. no I love dude. training, but I don't want to fight. Fuck all that, dude. Yeah. I always give people, I, I don't I don't know what they know. Yeah. I just, I just, because I always, I, I found I do this in a lot of areas in life where I just assume, pe- it was one of the things I really try to work on. I just assume people know what I know, but that's usually never yeah. the case, right? Nobody ever really knows yeah. everything that you yeah. know. In fact, I always try to keep the perspective of every person you'll ever meet will know something that you don't know, right? Because there's way more that, it's a great that you don't know than you do. It's a probably a fact. It's a truth. Yeah. You know? But because I, oh, I'm just like, man, well, I know I can do some things to people, so I don't know what they know. I don't want to. Why would I want to be in that yeah. situation? You know, you, you understand what you don't know. And that's what comes from training. And you can look at the person and you never know. You're like, I know you train with some people, some guys or girls. They don't look like fighters. They look like they're, he's an accountant or like something, you know. Well, they really like, are accountants. Yeah, and they probably are accountants. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, Phil Lampy. Yeah. Perfect. Like, you look at him. He doesn't look like he can fight the this. <laughs> like, his jujitsu is ridiculous yeah i mean he's got professor bars yes he just did yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. he just did last yeah jw got his fourth degree i saw that yeah that's awesome 12 years the 12 14 years of the black belt right three 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 and five yeah 14 years of black belt wow that's a long time a long time just for a black belt he's been a black belt longer than a lot of people training exactly no that's a lot of time yeah yeah, we'll be there one day. One day, hopefully. One, <laughs> one day, day, bro. Yeah. That's why I wanted to get my black yeah. belt because that's yeah. when the clock starts. Yeah, I, I plan to do this for a long time. Yeah. It's like shit. I want to be old like you, bro. <laughs> one day you will be. Don't worry. <laughs> so, be. are you from? So, when did you come to the U.S.? Nineteen ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. So. How old were you? I was sixteen. Oh man, yeah, I just turned sixteen. Yeah. What brought you here? Ah, uh, so. <laughs> My uncle came here a few years before us, right? He worked for a small Russian company here, based here. He's a chemical engineer or like a scientist. I'm not sure exactly what he does. Okay. He owns that company now, actually. He just bought it oh, a few cool. years back. Yeah. So they do not exact. I don't know exactly what they do. I think they do some kind of testing on like chemical equipment for larger companies. They're like a small contractor mm-hmm. for like a bigger companies that test equipment, okay? So... And he kind of invited the whole family, and we came. Mm. So it took us probably about two and a half years to get all our papers, 
it was a long process, dude. Yeah. Like, it takes a while. I don't know how long it takes now, but back in the day for us, it took a little two and a half years. We had to fly to Moscow, to Moscow, to, you know, for a meeting a couple times with the embassy officials, you know, and like, yeah. immigration people, and then just back and forth for a couple years. Dang. You know. Did you want to come? Ah, uh, yes. Well, I wanted to leave Kazakhstan. I'm from Kazakhstan, not from Russia. I'm from Central Asia. And it was very tough there. Like, um, when so bef- when it was Soviet Union, it wasn't that bad, right? It was bad, if you ask it, like, for, like, if you're an American and you think about the life we had there, it's horrible, right? But for us, it wasn't that bad, right? Because there was jobs for everybody, right? People got paid. They got paid very little, but they got paid. It was enough. It was enough to buy food. It was enough to live, you know, enough to buy everything you need, you know. Everybody lived like a poorish life, but we weren't homeless, you know. Yeah. It wasn't bad. There was always food, right? There was always enough money to buy food and stuff. Now when the Soviet Union separated, there was so much chaos. Nobody was happening, right? And it became very hard. Like first few years after the breakup, it was very hard. In Kazakhstan, it's way better now. Like especially in Kazakhstan, it's way better now. First few years were very tough, right? My mom was a doctor. Like, there were months she wouldn't get paid for six months in a row. No salary. There was no money. Damn. Like, because nobody knew what was happening. Because we went from government owning everything to small businesses opening up. Government doesn't have any money to pay, you mm-hmm. know. You know, there was kind of no, you know, they're trying to make up the tax system to see how they're going to get money for this and that. Just, it was bad. If it wasn't for my uncle here... Man, we would struggle. He would send us money. Oh, really? Like, we're so grateful to him. He literally saved our life <laughs> twice. Like, because everything's so unstable over there at the at the moment. Oh yeah, it was so bad. Like nobody knew what was happening back in you know, and like, like you would literally work and be like, sorry, there's no money to pay you. You can leave, but there's no other job that pays, so you would stay. And then like in three months, you would get paid for like six months ago, and oh, then shit. you go next three months without pay. It's completely different now. Like mm-hmm. there, it's way better now. You know. But when Soviet Union just separate, it was really bad. So, like, if it wasn't for uncle, you know, who was actually sending us dollars, you know, we would struggle. And then he brought us here. So, yeah. yeah. So how long was he over here at that time? Uh, I think we came, he was, he, he came here five or six years before okay. we came. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know I'm asking you these questions, oh, but you were young. When, yeah. when all this happens, yeah. so I always think about that. So, all right, man, yeah. I'm asking you questions about a time when you were a whole lot yeah. younger. So I always keep that in mind because it's it's hard to remember shit when you're i young, don't remember a lot you're yeah right. you know what I i'm don't, saying don't remember a lot i have a hard time remembering things when i'm young in general when you start looking at details the memory is so bad so, so bad. bad but you can remember things about like how you feel mm-hmm. or things that stick out like if you ask me who my teacher was in middle school I'm like i don't know i don't even know what kind of who it was yeah. name nothing but like i remember some Something. Yeah, like, I remember it wasn't good. It was it was tough. It was yeah. really tough. Just a different, yeah. just a different way of life. Different way of life. It was tough. But think, it's so funny. Like during Soviet Union, like we thought the this the way we live, we thought that was the norm because there was no foreign television. There was obviously no social media. We only knew what the Soviet government told us. You right. Like you could not leave the country. You could not travel anywhere. So we thought every world lived like that. Everybody in the world lived like that. Like we What did. kind of entertainment do you get? Is there entertainment? Like what's what's uh, on the TV? What's what's on the radio? So there were, we had some shows and movies, but it was all Soviet Union made. There was nothing foreign, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like we played sports like like soccer you know kickboxing we played a lot of sports we were always outside kids were always kids would never stay home there was no games there was no video games there was no computers not until later you know you guys had computers here you know we didn't have any computers you know there was no video games till you know you know early 2000s really you know. oh, so yeah. no no nintendo mm -hmm. no uh, game we, boys we got it like maybe 2003 2000, like uh, mid 2000s we started getting it okay i don't know how long i'm lying mid 90s i'm like, sorry like mid 90s we started getting it yeah but no but earlier you guys are, like you guys are getting stuff kind of like after the fact 100 percent. we were a few years behind everybody else mm. okay as far as the technology goes i remember like last year or two, last year of my school before I moved here, we got computers and I was like, oh my God, this is like a computer, you know? Like first time I tried McDonald's, I was 16 mm -hmm. or 15, we were in Moscow. And first time I tried pizza, it was Pizza Hut in <laughs> St. Petersburg. <laughs> and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, really? you know? And like, that's when like, Pizza just got to Russia, right? And the pizza restaurants were so legit. Mm -hmm. Like, they were, like, going to fine dine place. Like servers, yeah. full bar. It was, like, legit place to dude, go Dude, back to. in the day, Pizza Hut yeah. was, like, a legitimate like, oh, sit-down restaurant, It was. Dude. Like, in St. Petersburg, it was, like, we went there. Like, everything was professional. I'm like, damn, this is fucking this <laughs> how it is. You know? It's like, we're going to do this new place yeah. called Pizza Hut. I know. Like, it was crazy. That's was fucking crazy. wild, dude. So, I think I was 15 and 16 first time I tried pizza. And so that yeah. and that was the that's during that time to where it's like that two year period where you're you're leaving and and coming here. Yes, right before we came here. Okay, yep. okay. And you guys were just prompted to leave just just because of the standard of living, like after the, after Soviet it Union fell. It was bad. It was uh, it was kind of it was hard for us. Like like I was young, so I didn't understand much. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. And I was 16, but I was kind of, when I was 16, I was an adult. You know, some people at 16, they're very grown. I, w I wasn't very grown. I mm -hmm. was like still in kind of like a, a childhood state. It's so weird, right? So I didn't understand really what was happening. Yeah. But like my mom, my mom was single mom. She's like, there is no future here for you, right? And like for my cousins, you know, six of us came. It was my mom, her sister, her two kids, and my old grandma. Okay, so okay. It was six of us. And then my uncle with his family here. Right. So and it was like there was no future here. We gotta move. So there was two choices: Israel, because we're Jewish, right? We're Jews, or America. And we applied for Israel. Was easy for us, like, because Israel will take anybody who's Jewish, just come, you know, live, you know. So like, we're gonna try to go America first, because uncle's there, you know, our closest family is there, and he's been helping us for a while. He'll help us out. And if that doesn't work, we're going to Israel. Okay. And the first time we applied to come to America, they rejected us. Okay, I don't remember what the reason was. Maybe paperwork wasn't or whatever the reason was. And we were like, okay, we're going to Israel. We have still applied again. Then we're like, if it's not happening, we're moving to Israel. Right? But we would rather go to America. And we got accepted the second time. And we just you know, went through the whole process. Yeah. Dang, so it, that makes sense. It yeah. was harder for my mom and her sister and my grandma especially, right? Because all their friends were there. Like they were like they were in you That's know, my mom was forty God, forty four, I guess. That's home. Yeah, for it was home. Like you know, everything you know was there. Like all your friends, your job, your language, you know, like it's just it was way tougher. Well for the kids it was easier, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you're going to a, a foreign land. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something about the place or the area 
where you grow up. There's these feelings. There's this. There's this connection mm. to that area. Oh, you know what I mean? You go back to places you grew up. You're like, oh man, yeah. I used to do stupid shit yeah. there, or we used to go get food there. Yeah. You know, just your stopping yeah. ground. So it takes takes a lot of balls to just gear up and go. Especially the thing is, like, we didn't have to live. You know, like people in Ukraine right now, some of them are like, there's war there, right? You kind of got no choice. You got to bounce. You yes. Know? Like, we, we, we could have stayed. Like, it was our choice. You know, we weren't forced to leave, you know. Although, like, we were Jewish and Kazakhstan is a Muslim country, there was nothing. Nobody, like, mm-hmm. nobody had beef with Jewish people there. But okay? your mom knew there was no real future yes. for you like, guys. Well, she's like, you there's more. better future elsewhere than there. So, yeah. like, we're doing it, you know. So, we came and we had no money. Like, we literally six of us. We had $2,300 between six of us. Oh, shit. Yeah. That makes sense to because at, at maybe like a week or so ago, you're talking about your sister, yeah. and you said it's my cousin. So yeah, now yeah. it makes sense to yeah. me why, you know, there's that there's that connection with mm-hmm. your family in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? How you, why you yeah. re- reference your cousins yeah. as your sisters. Yeah. A lot of Russians do it, though. Not everybody, but a lot of Russians call their cousins sister and brother. Brother, yeah. 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 So, well, that also kind of speaks to the strength of that mm-hmm, relationship yeah. you know what i mean I don't, sometimes i wonder if we play and maybe maybe it's actually just mm-hmm. me because i don't think that uh whenever i talk to certain people and and their relationship with their family i don't think that like my family we don't we don't have that same i don't think value as other mm-hmm. people do so whenever i hear people talk about like cousins as mm-hmm. like sisters i'm like man that's a that's a way of looking at family that's different than traditionally the way I looked at things. So it's always something that sticks out to me. Uh, I think because a lot of, like you go back to Russia, Kazakhstan, your family, like you're always in the same town. Very seldom they'll leave, right? Mm. Here, you're just everywhere. Everyone I bet just splits. You have family, exactly, everybody splits, which is cool. You know, everybody's like, okay, you know, I'll like St. Louis, I'm moving to whatever, New York, right? And I bet you have family everywhere, right? In the United States, right? Some uh, some areas, yeah, yeah. Our family lived together, yeah. right? Our uncle lived in a different city, but everybody else lived in the same city. So we're just close. Was, uh, there, there was no opportunities to, like, during the Soviet Union, you couldn't just gear up and go, yeah. right? Let's say you finish college, and the party tells you, hey, you're going to work there. That's it. Like, you can kind of have a little choice, but, like, hey, I'm from the city. Can I come back and work in the city? But if they tell you, hey, you're going to work there, you're going to work there. <laughs> you got no choice, right? There's no questions. Well, absolutely. Now it's definitely different, right? Now they're trying to become, like, you know, West, mm-hmm. more like Europe, right? But, like, that's why I think our families are uh, m- more together, right? We have better, closer relationships, yeah. with close families, because we kind of grew up together. We're always in the same city, living yeah. next to each other. Right? I think that's an American thing for sure. Yeah. It's all about seeking freedom as fast yeah. as possible. When you get to Which, a certain age, people just start Nothing splitting. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I think you should go where you treat the best. You go, you don't stay where you, you know, you don't like, where people don't like you, mm-hmm. where you don't like you. Go where you treat the best. Go where people want you. Like, go, just go, man. Like, you don't like one place, go somewhere else. You know? Yeah. Now it's easier said than done. I understand it's easier said than done, but it can be done. Oh yeah. It totally can be done. Like we came from Central Asia to America with nothing. Now we were lucky, luckier than most immigrants, right? Most immigrants come here, they got nobody and nothing. We had an uncle that supported us until we got on our feet, you know. We were luckier than most, you know. But some people just come here with nothing. I know people like that. Like, we got nothing. Mm-hmm. No relatives, no money, they're like, Okay. Fuck it. We're just going to move to America, find whatever job we can, and 
we start from start all over just build from clean there. slate yeah yeah clean slate completely just start all over yeah learn the language meet people yeah work, you know well you see that you see that that uh that value in community especially amongst immigrants so that's that's something that i really think about because in at least here in america you see, I mean, you get, you know, 18 years old, and how, how many of us kids, when you're 18, you're like, oh, I got freedom. So then, mm-hmm. you know, you usually travel off, and maybe you go out of state for school or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. And a lot of people stay home, but there's a lot of people who will just leave, or you get a job, and that will take you off to a different city. So then families get spread out, and you got people all over the place. But it's it's just it's just interesting to me because that almost seems like a recipe for failure in a lot of ways whenever you look at these groups of people who stick together mm-hmm. and build communities and thrive like that's why you see i think so many immigrant communities do very well whenever they get here with nothing and then after you know 10 15 mm-hmm. years they've built something cuz they all like stay together and work together like in a community 100% now there's a bad side about all that right if you come to America, you're in America, right? Don't just leave. Like you can't just stay you there. Stay there. Like go meet Americans. Immigrate, like like you, integrate. Exactly, integrate. This is why are you here? If you don't want to talk to American people, don't want to learn the language, go the fuck back. Nobody wants you here. Okay, I'm gonna hurt a lot mm-hmm. of Russians' feelings right now, but I have a lot of arguments about some Russians. They don't want to have anything to do with Americans. They're like, this place sucks. Moscow was so much better. Well, get the fuck out. Go back, you know, go back to Moscow. Nobody asked you to come here. That was your choice. It's not like America came to you be like, hey, come to America. We want you. No, you wanted to come here, okay? Try to integrate, right? Like, people here are cool. People everywhere are cool. Doesn't matter where you go. You go anywhere. People are cool. People are people. People are people. People are cool. Doesn't matter if they're Russians, Americans, or whoever, right? We're all cool. For the most part, you yeah. know, go meet them, you know. Yeah, some of them uh, suck. Yeah, some of them suck. Yeah, some of them should never have been born. <laughs> some of them should have been drowned when they were kids. <laughs> oh, shit, we're going there right <laughs> yeah, now. Huh? Yeah, Dude, yeah. Especially with, like, within the government. You posted something, right? You're like, you're. it was it was uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, right? Yeah, that was, like, that was a cool picture. Yeah, you said it's the, the government, not yeah. the people, right? It's 100%. That's why I believe in. Where are you from? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. How, uh-huh. how do I spell that? K-A-Z. K H S T A N. That's the old way to spell it. I'm trying to find it on a map so that way I, I get so a it's, good idea. It's going to be it's called Central Asia. It's right. Yeah. So Uzbekistan, right. Kazakhstan. Yeah. So the Russia is Where's up Russia? north. Up north. Here's right Russia, Russia up here. Yeah. So go back. This is Caspian Sea right here. Okay. Kazakhstan goes this way. This is all, yeah, I see, yeah, okay, I see the line. It's, it's the, really big. It's the ninth largest country in the world by area. So okay. it's ginormous, humongous, mm. huge place. It's a lot of desert there, though, a lot of desert, a lot of mountains. So, yeah, But yeah. it's a giant place with a very small population. And Russia is mm. just north of that. Yep, and then there you have Mongolia and China to the East, to the to east, the right, yeah, yeah, in Afghanistan and some other Central Asian. Uzbekistan is bigger even than Mongolia. That's a pretty large country too. Yeah, yeah that's a big one. China's yeah. obviously massive. Yeah. India's big. Yeah. Okay, okay. So right so in the middle of it, they call this area Central Asia. So there are five countries in Central Asia. Some people say six. They include Afghanistan, but normally, 
you know the there's five countries there Kazakhstan okay. is one of them yeah. dude it's going down in that part of the world right now yeah, right? yeah they had huge protests last last month against government it was <laughs> and now ukraine russia is so fucking big yeah russia is so then we got wars. now we have so we have russia mm-hmm. trying to take over ukraine mm-hmm. why would they why do they want ukraine man there's I mean, there's, there's, a, a lot was, of, there's a lot of resources there from what I was seeing. There, uh, there's a lot of industry. There. Well, there's a lot going on, right? First of all, look at, like, you're looking at the map, right? Look at Russia, right? You can only conquer Russia from that side, from Russian western border, right? You can't conquer Russia from the north. You have northern ocean that's frozen half of the time, there's right? There's nothing there, really. To the right, to the east, you have Siberia which is humongous. You can conquer Siberia, but supplying... What's the purpose? There's a purpose. There's, a purpose. There's no... You can't supply your troops, right? Down south, you have China or Central Asian Republics. They're the allies of They Russia, have allies. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're allies. Now, Russian western border, right, where Ukraine and Belarus is, this is the only weak point in the Russian defense geography, right? But once you take that, then what? Then so the Russia needs a buffer zone between them and NATO. This is the main thing. Okay, you can only attack Russia from that side, like Hitler did, like Napoleon did, like Hitler made it to Moscow real fast, right? Because there's no mountains. It's a plain. It's called Eastern European plain, right? Or Western European plain. Eastern European plain. It's just flat land, right? There's no mountains, nothing. And this is literally one big river that said mm-hmm. you can. Moscow is the capital, right? Yeah, you can just roll, right? This. So Belarus. And Ukraine are two countries, two big ones, right? Yeah. Two yeah. big ones. Yeah. Look Lithuania, how they strategically, Latvia, yeah. Those Latvia, are pro-European, right? The little uh, uh, Baltic republics, right? So Belarus and Ukraine, they're right in between Russia and Europe, right? And that's how Putin wants it. He wants the buffer zone. He doesn't want Belarus and Ukraine become pro-West or pro-America because it becomes dangerous to him, to Russia. Okay. Hmm. So I look at it. I don't like Putin, right? Nobody. Should like Putin. This is a goddamn gangster. But how long has he been in office? Oh like God, 40 years? He's going to be in for another hundred till he dies. But you could, I could understand his point, though, right? I don't like what he's doing, the way he's doing, but I could see it. Like, he has to secure his border. From right? a military yeah. perspective. He doesn't want Ukraine to become part of NATO, right? Which is possible, right? What does that mean for him if NATO... Oh, well, if Ukraine if becomes Ukraine part of NATO, NATO basically NATO is on his doorstep, and if he attacks Ukraine, every other NATO country will have to interfere because that's their rule, right? Is he really worried about? Why would he be worried about NATO though? It's always West against East. It's always Russia against NATO. Is he right? really worried about somebody trying to attack him? No, no. Like, well, like I don't think NATO would ever attack him. Why? Exactly. Like, exactly so what? So. If, why does he want this buffer zone? He because gives, he just wants well, it. He wants, he, it. he wants it, and he has like he tells the Russian people, "Hey, NATO wants to attack us. I'm the only one he can defend you, right? He keeps him in power, right? Mm-hmm. Now there are other things going on in Ukraine, right? Because there are there are two. I don't know if you follow the news, right? They had a civil war there basically since 2014. Okay. Over those two little republics, right? Two little states of Lugansk and Donetsk. I did not know that. This is within Ukraine. Okay, within Ukraine. So. You want to open the map? I'll show it to you if you want me to. Yeah, okay. So, How far we need to go? Uh, so let me find Ukraine for me. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Uh, okay. So here's Ukraine. Right, right here. here. Go right here. Go left. So this little. You're trying to zoom in right no, here? No, no, no. So th- this little area right here. Okay. Right? So 
just imagine they're not, not called states, but imagine so every like country a, a bunch of territories. Right? So, so every country but a bunch of states. We're right? in Don so D Donetsk and Lugansk. Yeah. Okay. So these two territories are very, very pro-Russian. Okay, super pro-Russian. There's more Russians living there than Ukrainians. They speak Russian, they don't speak Ukrainian. They have their own. So they've been fighting so Ukraine. that's little Russia. That's little Russia. In it's Ukraine. In Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. So they want to be independent for many, many years. It started, we're not going to go how it started. It's a long story, right? So basically, they want to be independent or part of Russia. Ukraine is like, no, you're my territory. So they've been fighting. Like, literally, they had a war since 2014, I believe. Oh, shit. Right? They've been really fighting. A small-scale war, but, you know, thousands of people died, right? Mm -hmm. And they've been fighting. So how this started, what started three days ago, Putin actually recognized their independence. He said, hey, I recognize those two states as independent countries, and I'm going to send my peacekeeping forces there because now in his mind he has the right, right? Because mm -hmm. now he's in his mind, I'm not sending peacekeeping forces, you know, yes. in, you know, like I'm not attacking Ukraine, really. I'm just trying to defend those two countries. That's how he's selling it to everybody else, right? Oh, and we're like, this is bullshit. It's a bigger play. Yeah. So that's how he justifies attacking why right. not just let them go, I wonder? It's like As he cannot have Ukraine turn pro-West, okay? Well, no, I'm he saying for Ukraine, why not let those two those two states go? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you don't a, want people succeeding. I understand. It's a hard question. Think about it this way. United States, we have 50 states. Let's say state of Arizona, right, was 99% Mexican, right? Just Mexican people. They speak Spanish. They don't speak any English there. They have they live by their own laws, you know, they don't pay taxes to the United States, they pay taxes to the local government, but they still consider to be a part of the United States. Should we and one day they're like, Okay, we wanna be either independent or become part of Mexico. We're not American. Like would the United States let them go? We like, wouldn't, should, but we should. <laughs> but think this is the same thing, basically, right? Yeah, so hey, so fucks, this maybe, is you should, a, maybe you should just go. Yeah, it's like one of those, it's a no-win situation. Yeah. Like, oh, the thing is, Putin will never let this go. He cannot have Ukraine become pro-Europe, okay? He, he wants Ukraine really bad. Yeah. I, like, I don't even know if he wants to Ukraine become part of Russia. He just don't, doesn't want Ukraine... He wants Ukraine to follow his lead, mm -hmm. right? He doesn't want Ukraine to support West. He wants Ukraine to support Russia. Mm. Okay? This is the biggest thing. He mm. cannot have, because if Ukraine becomes even a part of NATO, like to him it's unthinkable. It's like a, 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 basically a NATO country on my doorstep. No, not yeah. going to happen. So now he's officially declared war on Ukraine, yes. though, right? Not in his. He's like, I'm doing a special special military peacekeeping operations. So. This just seems very convenient yeah, right it's now. It's so bad. Because there's that going on, right? And then I think, didn't, didn't I just see something that China's going after Taiwan now? I think they've been thinking about it for a while. I don't know if it's officially started, right? I don't know if it's official or not. Yeah, it just seems think, there's a lot yeah. going on in that part of the yeah. world right now. Oh, there's always, it's a world, it's like, it's so weird to me, like after World War II, you would think people wouldn't fight ever again. Like literally 70 million people died that's accounted for probably, you know, not the many, many millions that nobody knows about. Trillions of dollars of damages, like whole countries destroyed completely. Like people don't learn, man. Like it's just memories are short. Like governments people learn, governments don't. Like yes. governments just want the power. It's not the people. Like Russian people don't want to fight Ukrainians. Like why would they? You know, that's why there are protests all over Russia. Like I've watched it on T V on you know last couple of days. People protesting everywhere, but they don't want to fight, mm. you know. 
It's a small amount of people it's that are driving the narrative. Yeah. That's always is. Like, uh, you know, government controls everything. <laughs> Blows me away. Like, uh, how the fuck do we allow it? Yeah. Like, how do we have a scale, like, a large-scale war like that in modern time? Yeah. You know? That's probably always been the question, though. Yeah. I guess. I bet. Like, when World War Two started, people was like, how? How, how did we happening? get there? Yeah. How is, yeah, how is this happening? Did exactly. we just have one of these? No. <laughs> no exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Wow, dude. I mean, there are armed conflicts all over the world constantly non-stop we just never hear about it right like we never it's hear the about narrative like people fight in asia and africa everywhere all the time you know all the time like so uh, we'll see what happens hopefully putin will just hit the military bases and pull back hopefully he's not actually going to try to occupy it because if he's going to try to occupy ukraine it's going to be a long 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 war because so the Ukrainians won't give up. They're very tough people. They're patriotic. And there's a lot of them. There's 45 million people living there. And it's a giant territory to control. There are hundreds of cities. Like, you need millions of soldiers to control it. It's going to take a long you know, time. It's going to take a long time, right? If you want actually to control and occupy. Whoa. One thing is destroying something. The other thing is occupying and controlling it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can destroy whatever you want. Throw a bunch of bombs on it, you know, level, you know, level a city. But actually to move your troops in the city and control the population you need way more resources so. whoa dude so. we could be looking at another world war for real people keep joking they keep saying world war three but legitimately i don't think so. i mean as long as nato and u.s doesn't interfere with boots on the ground and just you know do the sanctions and mm-hmm. you know sell sell help to ukraine you know money and weapons and you know supplies and stuff we should be okay <laughs> well could we get to a point to where we just there is no option anymore we i mean just, if, we just gotta get in i mean if well, if russia really makes this play and tries to occupy ukraine we still won't go to war i don't think so we just let it happen yeah well it happen now nah, if russia just starts exterminating the ukraine population for whatever reason then we'll you know, what if we'll they do that and in. then china also tries to occupy taiwan and take them we got two major yeah. players on the world theater making some yeah. big moves right now. It's like, it's a question of, there are two questions here, right? Do we do the right thing and help him? Or do we say, it's not our problem. Like, yeah. like we live in different part of the world, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like American people are kind of divided on this, right? From what yeah. I understand. Some people say, oh, we got to interfere. We cannot let the Russia, you know, get stronger and dictate the rule on innocent independent country and other people it's not our problem okay yeah like we have our own problems we got a lot of problems in america right like why should we go start a war that's not even here not it's not on our borders you Mm -hmm. know so like which one is the right way right you know like dude i don't i understand both points yeah i understand both points yeah and then there's the question well if we do ignore it and leave what's next then yeah, yeah does the will it will it get to your doorstep exactly. and if it does get to your doorstep is it too late exactly. because we waited that's a big question yeah, yeah. i had a I had a guy on uh, my friend jason powell and he was in mm-hmm. the military for a long mm-hmm. time and I, I shared a clip before all this mm-hmm. was happening it's actually real relevant but he's talking about people not learning from history and he talked mm-hmm. about we had world war one and world mm-hmm. war two essentially because we we just kind of took that attitude of it's over there mm-hmm. Let's leave it alone. 100%. And then Hitler just wanted to take yeah. over the fucking world. Yep. So when does when does it, where does it stop or does it stop? You know, if if you take over one, then you go to take and over two one, and yeah. three and then another. I know. And it just 
is there a right answer? I don't it's, know. I know. It's I like, know. like, I think about a lot. Like, I like to, you know, I'll watch a lot of world news and the world politics. I'm, you know, like to listen to all that. Like, there is, what's the right answer, you know? Like, I don't think there is a right there? answer, dude. But it's I wonder like, what it is. It just, to me, is it's the? like, it's not people's fault, it's government's fault, and just people just suffer. Like, people in Ukraine suffer. And I watch some clips, like, literally rockets flying into c- cities and just, you know, exploding and, mm-hmm. You know, people dies crazy. Who would have thought like that would happen? That and seems to be the, the, uh, the theme. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Exactly. Well, Putin definitely thought that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he I definitely w- planned that for a long time. <laughs> Do you think that that this stuff is kind of happening now as a result of our current administration? That some of these world powers kind of recognize where we are as a country in America. You think like they they're looking our administration looking a little weaker? It's like administration well, is weaker. I think in the past yeah. traditionally we have been kind of viewed as stronger the stronghold, yeah. the because world stronger police responses, willing yeah. to do stuff. Could be. And the American people just seem so divided. Yeah. Even even outside of the administration, yeah. just our country as a whole. Super We're divided. super divided super right divided. now. We're so the bad. dumbest shit right now. Yeah. Like, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. Guess who doesn't care yeah. what pronouns you want to yeah. be you want to be like called by? Yeah. Putin doesn't give yeah. a shit. None of those dudes right. over there give a shit. The Chinese, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They will still murder you if we go to war, independently on what you want to be called. Or You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, 100%. 100%. It is it's very like, possible. It's yeah. like, man, it's like, I, just, I wonder if we're just so divided as a country that we've just lost focus, and it just allows things to happen on the bigger scale. And maybe it's not even – it was going to happen regardless whether we were focused or not. I don't know, but it's, I, I just wonder. I just say it's possible to look at us and looking at thinking they're weaker. That yeah. We are weaker than we used to be before, you know. And especially with the sanctions that we put out, they're pretty weak. They don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like we literally just sanctioned few rich people in Russia who are friends with Putin. They don't give a fuck. Right. Okay? Like okay, you take a little bit of their money or restrict their money movement. They don't care. They'll steal more money from the people. Mm-hmm. They don't. Like, like it's kind of weak response to it, you know. Yeah. Like. That's why, like, a lot of European countries calling for way harsher sanctions where they will actually do something, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, banning Russia from SWIFT. You know what SWIFT is? No, what's that? Okay, so uh, SWIFT is the secure network between the banks, okay? So basically, let's say your company, Impose Will, made a deal with a Russian company. You're selling them $10 million worth of your Rash guards. T-shirts, baby. Bro, your rash guards are fucking awesome, by the way. Thank so you, sir. You sell them $10 million worth of rash guards, right? How transaction goes that way, right? They send you money. Their Russian bank sends your bank money electronically, right? And then you send them the shipment, right? So money goes through bank to bank through that SWIFT. Not through the system, but because of that system. Got okay? it. Now, if you ban, let's say we ban Russia... They cannot send you money anymore. Okay, you actually have to go to Russia and get ten million dollars in cash from them if you want to get paid for your merchandise. Okay, so if we can do that, that's the pretty. That's what a lot of European countries call for, right? Mm. They basically cut Russia off from the banking system. They cannot trade anymore, right? Now Russia has their own mm. payment system, like their own secure payment system, but like kind of like SWIFT, but it's way smaller. You can only communicate with few banks in the world, right? 
like Swift includes like 11,000 banks, something, something ridiculous. Basically, the whole world is using that secure system. It's from it's from Belgium-based system, okay. right? So, and everything is done because of that kind of like. So if you can cut somebody like a country or company or person from that, right? You you cannot trade. You cannot send money back and forth. You know, so mm-hmm. it will be a big hit on their economy. You're right? you're isolating the, you're the isolated, world economy. Exactly. Yeah. Now. Mm. A lot of European countries don't want to do it because they're going to ha- take a hit too, right? Because they get all the energy from Russia, or most of the energy from Russia, right? Natural right. gas, oil, right? So Putin has this very strong card in his sleeve, right? Very Trump card, right? Hey, I got so much oil and gas that you guys buying from me, you need it to stay warm. Mm-hmm. You know? And Europe is like, damn, we do, you know? So now, but I see it. For us, America is not a big deal. We Our trade with Russia is very little very little like it's very small percentage of our gdp comes from trading with russia so like for us we like we buy some oil from them which i don't understand why we have more oil than we need we just don't produce enough don't we get a lot of fertilizer from them probably i don't know i I know we get some oil from them you know i'm gasoline that i don't know i wonder let's see what we get do we get from? i wonder what all we get from russia I wonder what our, our, our Russian imports are. Could cause fertilizer supply. Why? I guess fertilizer is important, but yeah. we need fertilizer. Yeah. U.S. imports of phosphate fertilizer from Russia, Morocco. Debbie's imports. U.S. International Trade Commission on Thursday determined the phosphate fertilizer imports from Morocco and Russia have affected the U.S. market and a countervailing duty should be placed on imports from these countries. Hmm. That's not what I want to know, though. How? What do we import? It's not a lot. Whatever it is, like our trade, we don't we don't rely on Russian trade. What does the U.S. import from Russia? U.S. imports from Russia. Minerals or mineral fuels, oils, mm. dissolution products. I think that seems to be mm. our. Is that our number one? Eighteen point one billion dollars worth. Is that? That's nothing. You know, to our economy is nothing. Eighteen billion bucks is nothing. Yeah. Mineral. F- yeah. I mean, that seems to be the number one. Th- I mean, pearls, precious stones, metals, fish, fertilizers. One point two eight billion dollars. That's not even the number one yeah. thing that we, yeah. we we give. Why the fuck are people talking about fertilizer then? No, no, no. Don't know. I haven't heard that. That's interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what our response is going to be. They're still working on the sanctions package yeah. from what I understand. So, Do we even need to import and export shit? I feel like that's kind of a... Yeah, I think it drives the world's economy. Exactly. You know? If yeah. we want to be a part yeah. of, a, of a world economy, yeah. we yeah. absolutely do. Now, th- can we sustain ourselves? Yeah, but... You don't want to do it. I don't think it's good for your uh, like economical advancement or growth. You need to trade internationally. But what happens when someone pulls some shit f- and they're like, well, now you got to pay more or we're just going to take it away? Then what? Well, uh, it's hard to pull a shit in America, right? Because most of the technology comes from us, right? I don't think so, we actually produce any phones here, for example. But I think we invent them, though. We don't may not produce electronics, but I think yeah. we invent most of the shit. I no, I'm not an expert. 
not an expert in any of that, okay? Whatever we just talk politics-wise, I'm no expert, just my opinion. Yeah, we're all just talking. Yeah, here. we're just talking, right? I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. I, try, <laughs> I, I choke people for a living. I don't know shit about politics, okay? <laughs> it's just my opinion. I think we invent a lot of stuff here. We mm. may not produce here because it's cheaper to produce it somewhere else. Right. But I think like a lot of inventions, innovations come from the United States. And we sell it to yeah you know to other countries like you know i think electronic wise, like computer wise like soft i don't know software like right. all the big companies are here like think about all the big it companies they're all here they're all american-based american-born countries right you know, just not a lot of manufacturing here yeah yes because yeah. everything is so much cheaper overseas so we right. outsource everything which is kind of it's another kind of people have mixed opinions on that right yeah it's a part of capitalism. You can do what the fuck you want. It's your company. You want to go overseas, make shit there. It is. I make my rash guards overseas. Thing. Exactly. It's it's a part of capitalism. But now, like you're taking jobs away from people, you know, mm -hmm. here. So it's kind of. But it no also creates jobs yeah. here too, right? Oh yeah. Because yeah. if you can afford to get something yeah. and then make a profit, yeah. now I can afford to pay somebody yeah. to do something yeah. else. Exactly. It's such, it's such a catch twenty two. It's a no win situation. Yeah. That's what I call it. There's no win. So everybody's right and everybody's wrong when we talk about that. Right. This is my opinion, okay? You have the right to make your rash guards in Pakistan or wherever you make it from, probably Pakistan, mm -hmm. right? There you go. Good guess. <laughs> place to go, dude. Exactly, yeah. But it is the place to go. I feel right? better going there in China, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you have the right to do it. You know, this is capitalism. You know, it's your company. You can do whatever you want. You're not breaking any laws, right? Right. So it's just, but then... Some people are like, well, you should make it here. You know, this is America. You know, make American rush guards. But man, it's some of that. Then you're not turning any profits, right? Then you have to charge twice as much for the rush guard. People will not buy it. Then they'll complain, your rush guard's too expensive. Well, you told me to make it here. You know, so how do we fix this? Right. How do we fix this? It's a good know? question. You know, it's a tough one. I don't know how yeah, to fix it. We have to like change the way we think. Some, I don't know. Because if we yeah. brought manufacturing here, things would be yeah. more expensive. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. Getting, I would actually yeah. prefer to have everything made here the best so I could. I would rather pay a little more money and have it made here. Yeah. Myself. But I'm very pro-American. Okay. I'm a capitalist. I'm very pro-American. I wish so, I could go to... Although I'm a foreigner. Like, um, I'm a America first. <laughs> Dude. As bad as it sounds. Well, I've <laughs> heard this... Yeah. I've heard other people say this, but there's also been my experience. I mean, when people come from other countries to here, they're always very, like, intensely patriotic to this place having actually been exposed to other things well this country gives us so much and we can actually appreciate because we've seen worse okay like it's harder for you to appreciate it how good we have here because you haven't seen anything else right yeah i'm That's not from thing. bosnia exactly oh god like those but there are a lot of bad places like balkans you know like bosnia you know ukraine now Places in Africa, some places in Asia. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of bad countries you right. know, where it's horrible. That we actually appreciate what we have here. I appreciate what America gave me, okay, and gave my family, right. Just my mother, like she was very sick all her life, right. And when we lived in Kazakhstan, so you know, like, she, like we stayed there, she would not have many years left, and she lived here for, you know, extra 22 years, you know, a very good quality life because you know the medicine here like you know the hospitals you know she got a bunch of surgeries she got you know she had you know pretty good quality of life and she lasted way longer just because of that i'm grateful to this country okay and then 
like everything else, just the opportunities. You don't even have to work hard here. People are like, you have to work hard. No, they don't have to work hard. Just work. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Like, just work. You don't have to work super hard yeah. to make it. Okay, just work. Just do, do your job and be fine, you know? So, like, I think foreigners appreciate way more what America gives us than people that were born here. Like, I hear some people that hate them, that were born here, they hate Hey, in America, we're like we have it so worse. It's so much better somewhere else. Maybe there are some places that are better than this. I'm sure. I'll never, you know. I'm sure there are some places, some cities, they're better than St. Louis somewhere in Europe or even in Asia or Africa or somewhere else. But overall, we have it really, really, really good here yeah. <laughs> compared to 90% of the rest of the world. Are we the best? No. Is there room to improvement? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot wrong with this country, right? We're not going to go into that. <laughs> it's, a, it's another five-hour conversation. A conversation. It's a long conversation. But we still have it really, really good. And yeah. I just, I get upset when people here don't appreciate it. I've been guilty whenever I was younger of thinking that there's a lot of other places that are better or that there's just so much wrong here even because you always get the idea we always hear the message of america this is the best america is the best america is the best but there's so many things that we are are doing that contradict that so then i remember being younger and just thinking that's kind of bullshit why do you keep telling me that and then you start looking at other places and you're like man well it's not as bad there either or no one's no place is perfect but it's like is this really the best whenever you start looking at other places but then I kind of got through that phase and I start looking. I'm like, man, it's really not as bad here as, as I was thinking for a second. You know what I mean? It's just it's that whole grass is always yeah. greener. You know, no place is actually perfect. You just, just got to take the good with the bad. And people and take it for granted. Keep it in just the Just the thing that you have food, right? You can go to a store and buy food, right? And you go go to Schnooks, you have a 100,000 items on shelves, right? Yeah. On shelves, right? Back in Soviet Union, there was no 100,000 items available for you to buy, okay? Like, you go buy cheese here. You have a 50, 100 different types of cheeses. We had three, okay? <laughs> Four, I don't know, okay? Just that. It's everything available. Like, you cannot go hungry in this country. I don't understand how. There's always jobs available, okay? If you want to work, right? There's a job. There are countries in the world where people want to work and there's nothing, there's no jobs for them to take. Okay. Now, like I said, we're not perfect. There's always room for improvement. There are other countries that are better than us at some part, you know, some maybe economically or taxes, which is a big one, right? Or maybe because of their government is more efficient than us, effective than ours. You know, they spend their tax money better than our government spends our tax money, you know. But overall, I think America is a pretty damn good place to live <laughs> they just my opinion yeah just my opinion yeah man some places are crazier than others for sure yeah. even within here yeah. you know you go to like new york or yeah some of these cities yeah, on the coast places. it's yeah. way different than here in st louis ah times are changing man the world is wild the world is the world wild. is really crazy yeah, right now the question is it gonna get worse or is it gonna get better because <laughs> i don't see anything better coming dude these last yeah. two years have been insane yeah and we're still just yeah. going. Who knows what's next? I'm keeping up with this shit just a little north. Yeah. I, I, so we're talking about you can just ignore the things. You can try to just ignore the things that are going on across the seas mm -hmm. because you say, okay, well, that's not here. But what about the shit in Canada? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what about that? You know, where yeah. they're they're freezing bank accounts mm-hmm. and or locking people if up. If you like, I was talking. I have a buddy in Canada, and he was. I'm not. Don't know if it's true or not. Right. I just heard from him. The if you support those truckers, you can actually get charged, like as a criminal. Right. If you like one lady, he said one lady bought a lunch for a trucker or bought like a tank of gas for a trucker. And she got charged because she's like supporting terrorism. Oh wow! Like I'm like, how's that? Is that even real? Is that like how's that legal or There's real no or moral? Like, like I don't know if it's true or not. That's what he was telling me. Okay? Wow! I haven't heard on the news or anything. Just a body of mine mm-hmm. from Canada. So, like basically, if you give money to truckers or like you can get charged because you're supporting like a terrorist organization or something like it's, it's weird man i don't i don't know if i believe in that or not but that's what he was telling me it's dude it's 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 really crazy yeah. what's going on i think there were some laws even prior to this where i mean they're essentially taking away freedom of speech mm-hmm. right i mean if you didn't use somebody's correct pronouns or uh, you know they were locking up comedians for making mm-hmm. certain jokes but same here do you think we have freedom of speech well, go look it up and answer my question. Cause that's a big one. Um, do we have freedom of speech yes. here? Like we used to, 200 years ago. Well, not 200, yeah. let's say 30 years ago. Yes and no. I think there's an, a, a, a very big push to, to limit freedom of speech, yeah. especially on social media, because social media has become a weird thing where it's technically a private company, but it's crossed over into this this new town square public forum type deal. So I think the government is using it as a crutch of saying that, well, we can't tell these private companies what to do because, you know, it's 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 private, but they've they're not they're not just private anymore. They've crossed over into this weird yeah. thing. So now they are, in, you know, infringing on First mm-hmm. Amendment rights, yeah. freedom of speech, and different things. The so. way I look at I don't think there is freedom of speech without consequences anymore in the United States. Because yeah. you can literally say something and get fired. You're not saying anything hateful, right? You may disagree with something. Get canceled. And get canceled. Literally yeah. get fired. Like, this is, to me, this is not freedom of speech anymore, right? No, that's like, true. There are consequences to everything you say, even if you're not saying anything illegal, let's say, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. That's a arrested and oh i don't know how to yeah. i just wanted yeah. a, a, the jamie for let me see here it's fucking wild dude yeah so if wild. shit happens there they lose freedom in canada what are we going to do in america mm-hmm. now now we gotta go to war with canada well it's gonna be a very short war <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go that really <laughs> wouldn't be even be a war, war would it no it's gonna be a very short war Either way, they're arresting people. Police yeah. arrest yeah. 100 after a three-week protest. Why are you arresting people yeah. for protesting? Total way Friday in Canada's besieged capital and a stream of trucks leaving under the pressure, raising authorities' hopes for an end to the three-week protest against the country's COVID-19 restrictions, which, ironically, at least here in the States, mm-hmm. are being loosened now. I think I just saw something yeah. about the CDC... Going away for masks. Yeah, uh, like I saw something about Chicago. Some Illinois, uh, Illinois areas, like they're going to 
get away with masks. Dude, this is just, this is crazy. Yeah. How do you unpack? I don't know how anybody can actually unpack all of this. And actually, it would take so much time to go through all of this. Yeah, I don't know if, if they're actually arresting people for helping them. I know, I mean, obviously 100 people got arrested. Shit, man. It's still weird, though. Still weird. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm going to go down this rabbit hole and figure out who all is getting arrested. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I shouldn't have mentioned it to you. No, dude. Yeah, you're going to spend hours here sitting. Well, the question is, what do we, I mean, what, what do we do? What do we do when we see that? I mean, do we do anything? Shit, I don't know. I mean, do it's like, is it our business? It's one like, like I said, there's no right or wrong answer here, yep. in my opinion. Like, yeah. it's not, not really our business. Canada's Canadian business, you know. Yeah. It's like Ukraine is Ukrainian business, you know. But then, who is next? Will it get to us eventually? Well, for a world, e- a world economy, a yeah. world civilization, yeah. then what it does affect them does affect yeah. us, doesn't it? it does, I mean, if it yeah. affects your neighbor, doesn't it also affect yeah. you? It does. Oh. Doesn't affect us a lot, like you know, U- Ukrainian conflict doesn't affect United States a lot, you know, as far as economically, mm-hmm. a little bit, but not a lot. Europe is gonna get affected really bad, right? But, but then what's next? You know, it's like I don't know. I mean, we're living in a movie, bro. I just feel so bad for people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like in Ukraine, people in Russia too. You know, dude, other places in the world. Like, I think the one of the worst things that can happen to you is literally get attacked by a foreign, you know, nation. Like, I couldn't even imagine. And speaking of that, like, I just argued with somebody the other day about defense budget. Like, you know, he was arguing that our defense budget is too high, you know, all the stuff, we should be spending money on something else. Maybe, maybe not, right? I agree with someone who disagree with the other part. But the only reason this is never going to happen to us because our defense budget is so high, okay? Mm-hmm. That's true. If that's it, like, sorry, like, I don't want to get attacked by anybody, okay? At all. I don't want to fight. I don't want our soldiers to fight and die. I don't want, you know, and yeah. this is why our defense budget is so high, so we can protect ourselves. We've nobody would fortunate. dare. Nobody would dare to think about attacking us. Yeah, so. we've been pretty fortunate here oh, to yeah. not have any wars on this soil yeah, in a long time. Yeah. Hopefully stays like that dang dude did you see that video there's a video um it was in ukraine where somebody was like in their uh in their living room right uh-huh. and, and then like the plane came yeah, through I and posted fo- yeah that's not oh, you, did you post yeah, that oh, yeah God damn, how dude. insane is that like literally a plane dropping a rocket right like you you filming a, a fighter jet dropping a rocket yeah and what we don't see in the video is like those people can feel that oh. like they feel the concussion of that they hear it they smell it there's all these things, all these inputs that you're not getting yeah. in that video. And imagine the shock because last night there was no war. We just living like just maybe you were doing a podcast. Yeah. The person who was filming the video, maybe he was doing a podcast like you and I. And then next morning you film a fire jet dropping a rocket next to your house. And that's how quick it changes. Yeah. It's just it instantly it's ridiculous. different. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dude. Yeah, that's the kind of things that make me wonder. We're sitting here doing a podcast. Yeah. Like, does this shit even matter? Like, yeah. what the matters to us. Yeah, <laughs> matters to me, dude. I love talking it to you. Matters to me too. I appreciate it. Right? Like, man, there's just so much shit yeah. going on in the world. But they just what we do here is nothing, like in the 
big picture, right? Yeah. Like if you look at the big picture, there's so many more important yeah. things Which in the world. Yeah. You know? It makes me appreciate yeah. this stuff oh, yeah. a whole lot more. I appreciate living in a safe place. Whatever people say, the, the, you know, we have a lot of crime here, man. At least nobody's invading us, okay, and dropping rockets on our city, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm very fortunate to be here, and you're very fortunate to be here, too. Yeah, be ready, yeah. though, dude. Get your guns ready. Get your guns ready. Get your guns always ready. Get your food ready. (laughs) Get ready if the shit goes down. I don't need a lot. Look at me. I'm 155 pounds. I don't need a lot of food. (laughs) (laughs) One meal a day, I'm good. (laughs) What scares me is the talk of of nuclear action. I hope that never comes to fruition. No way. That would be insane. What the fuck would we do? Die. If somebody hit us with the... I hope they don't hit the the center of the country. You probably would, though. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it? Radiate out then? Would I mean? I wonder what would be the best way. I think they'll hit us for sure. Don't we have the bombers here? The you know the U.S. bombers like stations that were close here. You know? Do we? I thought so. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know much about anything. I okay? don't know. I know a little bit about jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> and, more I don't okay? know. I, I don't know much about anything else. But yeah, yeah. Hit us. There's just so much. I always think about the things. We're we're talking about all the crazy shit of what people are gonna do. We could just get taken out by an asteroid at oh, any time, and then none yeah. of it really does matter. But at least it wouldn't be our fault. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least it wouldn't be. I think the the Earth will end its existence one day. It's gonna be people's fault. Okay. Probably. Eventually, some crazy guy will just press the button. Press the button. Yes. I hope I'm gone by then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be kind of cool to see him. To see it. Yeah. I don't know. Not cool. Cool is, cool is the word, uh, lo- uh, wrong word, but interesting you know, for sure. Interesting, we, like, oh. experience the end of the world, the Dude. end of days. Some are you were in there. Yeah. We're there. We're at the end of the days. Yeah. Jesus is coming, sir. You see? Okay. Well, uh, hopefully. Are you, are you ready? You ready? Hopefully, he'll bring peace and prosperity to our troubled world. Okay, <laughs> he's coming. No, you're Jewish. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't believe, don't believe in, in God. Jesus coming. I don't believe in anything. I believe in. <laughs> Dar's choke in the guillotine, same, <laughs> in the triangle. <laughs> yeah. Church of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, exactly. Sun- Church Jiu-Jitsu. Sunday service. Speaking of religious, fine because uh, during uh, Soviet Union, religion was prohibited, basically. Really? Not, like it wasn't enforced. Like you wouldn't go to jail if you believe in Jesus or whatever, you know. But there wasn't. There was no people. There was very few religious people. It's not. They were like it wasn't like up and out and open. It wasn't encouraged at all. Right? Yeah. Because like there was. A lot of Muslims in Russia, a lot of, you know, Russian Orthodox, you know, Jewish people. There was a lot of Jewish people back in the day. Now they all left, most of them. Okay. Yeah, moved to Israel here. So. Is Judaism, is that is that the predominant religion in Russia? No, Russian Orthodox. Eastern Russian, Orthodox. Okay. So Greek Orthodox. Okay. So and that's so that's part of, it's a part of Christianity. Oh, okay. okay. Like, you know, you have Catholics, Protestants. You got know, it. Got it. So there's, ones, the, there's you know, a Russian Orthodox sect? Russian Orthodox, yeah. Oh, I didn't so know that. Russian Orthodox, so Eastern Orthodox, or Greek Orthodox, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's like the main religion in Russia and Ukraine and Belarus, you know, mm. they all believe in, you know, Jesus Christ. They don't believe in Pope, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, they have their own thing. Yeah. So. Why would you believe in the Pope? Yeah, I don't know. Millions of people do. <laughs> That's what uh, always baffled me. Yeah. That dude makes you kiss his ring and bow to him. Yeah. And yeah. He's the only, you know. Some people like that. I don't know. Yeah. I always wonder what is in the Vatican. Uh, what is there? Just so many riches. 
So many artifacts. It has to be the richest country in the world. Okay, Pope in like you know I don't know does Pope own all that when he's a Pope or whoever his Pope is, mm-hmm. like he has to be the richest person in the world. Like they've been literally stealing money and riches for you know two thousand years and yeah. putting it there. You what know? is in there? I wonder. Yeah. Because I know one thing we do know is that the Library of Alexander mm-hmm. was ransacked. And burn crusades, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And shit, dude. How, oh, how, how much else. is in there, dude? How much knowledge is in there, just well, from 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 the Middle East and Africa yeah. and just that whole part of the world, which is just so fucking yeah. ancient. Oh, just the European money. Think about that. During Middle Ages, like medieval Europe, you had to everybody had to pay ten percent to the church. Mm-hmm. Stuff like everybody, so all this money goes to it's to them. Yeah, to them from yeah. millions of people and constantly. What are, what are like, they doing with it? Nothing. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you don't, don't need know. it. You you control everything. Yeah. Money is arbitrary at that point. Yeah. It's just you just take it to take it. Religion is a very touchy subject. It's a very interesting thing. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't yeah, like to talk yeah. about it for sure. I love talking about. I do too yeah. because I heard a lot of feelings talking about. If you talk, <laughs> if you just look yeah. at the 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 human nature yeah. of it, you yeah. can't remove humans yeah. from the equation yeah. Oh, yeah. so i mean that just breeds yeah. corruption and a lot of fucked up like, shit like i'm one of those people who just doesn't understand how can you believe in something that you've never seen or felt or heard or nobody else in the world ever seen felt or heard you know yeah like i believe there is rome i've never been to rome but i've seen videos of it and pictures of it and i talk to people who's been who've been to rome so even though I've never seen it with my eyes, I believe it's there, mm-hmm. you know, but something like... It's never been seen. It's never been seen, heard, or felt yeah. by anybody in the world is so weird to me. Yeah. You know... But I think, I don't think... I'm not a very spiritual person, though. Okay. Um, yeah, so maybe that's why. I can understand yeah. kind of having belief belief and, and faith and yeah. just kind of... Even if you you don't have the understanding. But I just think that there's just a lot of... Uh, just misinformation and just propaganda that's embedded in certain structures like Christianity, for example, whenever you look at like the Roman emperor Constantine, right? I mean, he essentially curated the Bible. I mean, you have the new Testament as a propaganda measure. Like put this, Mm -hmm. put together this book with all these answers to help, you know, drive an agenda. And that's just, that's just taken as gospel and word. And it's like, this is it. This is the, the, the word of God. And it's like, man, you're just ignoring this whole other aspect of it, which is just really baffling to me. Well, people use religion back in the day to control, right? To mm-hmm. control crowds, to get in power. I think, I don't think it's the case anymore. I think actually people using religious for religion for, for better things now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I have, members of my family to go to church right yeah you know, christians and they have fun there you know like nobody's trying to you know control them or anything you know they just go do their thing you know listen talk to people that have their community that they enjoy you know and to me this is perfect this is what you, you know enjoy do it you know if that's what you like that's what you believe and do it i think that's yeah. a lot i think that's the majority of the people yeah, yeah. good good but there's a lot of I assholes so. out there yeah. Yeah. yeah i think a lot of people need something to believe in yeah. And if if it makes you a better person and you want to believe in it, yeah. then all by all means, I, I think a lot of people do latch to that. But yeah, man, you just gotta have some context. Yeah. Well, think about the way the reason religion was so popular back in the day, more popular than now, because 
life sucked so bad. <laughs> it was so horrible, right? We're talking about, you know, a couple thousand years ago, 3,000 years ago. People needed to believe that in the afterlife yeah. is going to be good, okay? Because <laughs> only very few people live good. Like, everybody else lived bad, right? So they needed to believe in it, okay? That in the afterlife is going to get better. Yeah. So I'm going to believe in this. I'm going to believe in that God or this God or these 10 different gods, okay? Yeah. But, like, now life is not that bad, <laughs> Yeah. Okay? Like, I think yeah. there is some truth to a lot of religions. After having some psychedelic experiences certain things line up i just think that when we we put maybe just our understanding of it as humans or we start putting parameters on these things and, and putting structures that we call religion around these ideas and these beliefs is when it starts going astray but i know after having a very powerful dmt trip it really eased my fears with death and and then you hear about like god and heaven and and like these places that you go and sometimes I'm just wondering and there's a lot of debate on this it's just how much of it was just psychedelic experiences that now we're trying to rationalize and then we just we just built up these structures around them what do you think is going to happen when you die when what, I die yeah, what happens what, when yeah, you die yeah. it's hard it's hard to say for sure but after having a couple of different experiences from different re- like from different things after you know doing doing like a psychedelic trip or getting choked unconscious or I've never even passed out before all three of those experiences I go to the same place like I go to this place where yeah dude that's the thing where have you ever been, you know when you've been choked out unconscious never never not never like a blood once. blood choke nope. or nothing you ever got never. like the fuzzies or I'll nothing tap. well i had the fuzzies but i don't think i was ever out okay well you know yeah, how like yeah. that warm fuzzy mm-hmm. feeling starts yeah. coming on you i was close but I don't yeah. think i was ever out that overtakes you and you kind of mm-hmm. go to this place and cuz i can dude so I've I've gone to this place with DMT and like mm-hmm. mushrooms and different mm-hmm. things and then there was times to where like I didn't I didn't tap fast mm-hmm. enough and then I wake up and I'm like oh shit now I'm here mm-hmm. but whenever I was unconscious mm-hmm. I was in that same place where I was whenever I did a psychedelic experience and there's one time where I passed out and I came to and there's there's uh like an ambulance above me like they're making sure you're okay and I'm like yeah I'm good but I can remember that time where I was out mm-hmm. It was just like one minute I'm in this place, the next minute I'm like in this happy place, this this familiar place I've been before from these other experiences. So in my mind, man, it's 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 I, I just wonder, man. I, I truly believe that whether you call it, you know, you can call it energy or you call it the universe and God. You can say we have a soul, whatever names we put on it. I don't. It's just yeah. the terms that we're using. But I truly believe now that. If you can call it your soul, but like whatever that energy, that life force is, like that is me. Like I have a body. I am not my body. I used to think that this physical was all I had, that when I looked in the mirror, like that is Adam. Like I am me. What you see here is me. But after having a very intense DMT experience, I started realizing that, man, like through that whole experience, I was still me. Everything was, there was no, there's no separation of self other than I just wasn't my physical self anymore. Like my body was not there, but everything consciously was there. And I'm in this place to where, and I think this is where like the idea of heaven starts coming in and God, because that place that I was in, it's like this huge energy. It's like this oneness. Like I am a part of it and it is also a part of me and it's positive. And it was, there are times where it can be kind of discombobulated and scary from like a psychedelic 
experience standpoint, but the ultimate thing is like that place that I went to, there is something to that place. And it's not in this physical place, but it is a place. I, I, I man, I wholeheartedly believe like I went to this fucking place and this is a place that, I, that old, I've dude, been I'm to. A- so like those experiences. So to your question of like what happens when mm-hmm. you die, like I don't know for sure, but I truly believe that when you die, whatever our life force is, that energy it just leaves this physical realm and goes to that. I think it just returns back to that. And then then you can have other conversations. All right, well, then now is there reincarnation? Mm-hmm. Do you just get tossed back into this experience? I don't fucking yeah. know. But Nobody knows. Nobody yeah, fucking knows. But I, I, don't, I know I don't have fear of death mm-hmm. anymore because awesome. whatever it is. I, I want to go to the it, same place. <laughs> it's not scary or bad, dude. It's just this place, dude. And once you're there, time doesn't exist. Forever is forever, and you understand it. And it's, it's different. Awesome. Yeah, so. I've never had that kind of experience. Like, I literally think if I die, death is like you going to sleep without... It's just blackness. Just black, without nightmares or visions or Could dreams be. or anything. That's it. You're just kind of done. Done. Nothing. Could be. Could yeah. be that too. That's what I believe in. But I've never had an experience like yours. Maybe I'll have a, myself choked out one day and be like, see what happens. Get, <laughs> get like, choked out? I know. I, I wouldn't tap one day. But like. <laughs> Just come on, squeeze it. Well, you're <laughs> like, smart. Tap, er, tap early, tap yeah, often, oh, right? I, I, that's what I do. I, yeah, I, I bro. Tap early, tap often. Damn. That's cool. Well, that's a cool experience, man. That's awesome. It's interesting, yeah. man. Psychedelics yeah. have definitely changed my perspective right. immensely. Yeah. Well, Serge, it's almost 2 o'clock. Oh, dude, it's that been, was so fast, It's been a couple man. hours. Dude, this dude, was so fun, thanks bro. Thanks for having me, man. I truly appreciate you, man. um, This was so fun. Um, I would ask if you wanted to direct people towards anything, but I don't think you do. Social medias, anything? No. No, No, I don't want anybody. Like, don't follow me. Don't follow me. Don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) I I don't know anything. I know a little bit about jujitsu and everything else. I'm just talking out of my ass, okay? Don't listen to me. It's just a pleasure being here, man. Thanks for... Thanks for training today, too. It was a great Dude, training, always man. a pleasure, brother. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Uh, again, if you're getting value out of the show, do me a solid. Tell a friend, one friend. Help us grow this thing. And again, I can't do it without you. That's all I have for today. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. Until then, just keep being awesome humans. Check you next time. Bye.